All right, Justin, we're not doing a song today because it's the 100th episode. We've got a Q&A thing we're doing. It's a lot of stuff. I'm just cueing the music and we're going to go because I don't have any idea how long this is going to go. Does that mean I get a win? Yes. I got a win too, then that's yes. exciting. You get a W2 for this episode. Both of you guys will get a win and I will take a loss. That's so generous. I know, <laughs> but that's because we are doing a Q&A episode. This is our 100th episode, even though technically, if you look at our feed, there is more than 100. But of our weekly episodes, this is the 100th one and we are doing a Q&A. So what we're going to do with this is we are going to take turns asking each other questions. And with that, we are all going to answer and all this other stuff. And then we will also at the end be answering the questions from fans that, uh, that you guys have sent us. So I will actually start this off because it is a music related question. And since I always start with the game of sing a song, that's why I'll start with this one. So for you guys, I need to know what are your three perfect albums? Heather, you first. Three perfect albums. Okay. And this is definitely, obviously, just in my opinion, because for me, they're so these are going to be albums like I can listen to from beginning to end, like without pausing because I love everything about them. Okay, so (laughs) the first one I'm going to say for that is so it's this album by my favorite band, which is Reliant K. I don't know if anyone knows who they are here, but um, they don't really make much music anymore, but I am a huge fan of them. They have this album called Mm-hmm, which is literally like M-H-M-M-M. Mm-hmm is the name of the album. It is perfect. I love it. Like I, anytime I'm driving anywhere, it's usually my go-to album that I have on and I don't skip a single song you know they have a good mix of everything in it so um that one I don't know and I think it's just because like with their lyrics usually specifically pretty much any kind of like emotion or situation I feel like I'm going through they've written about it in like the way that I would say it so I'm gonna pretty much love anything they do but that album is like it's their best album they've ever done. And I think it's perfect because I will listen to it all day, every day. It's so good. Um, let's see. You said three, right? So yes, my second one, it's going to be the album page Avenue by story of the year. Um, I want to say around maybe like 2004, it came out. Um, and that was, um, I was a huge fan of them. Like, back in high school and all of that. I love their music. And that album is also just like every word they write, like every, everything that they do with that album is so good. So that's going to be my second choice. My third choice is going to be the album Chroma by Cartel, which is an alternative rock band. Um, Mostly because they do really perfect transitions of songs. Like they will go in from one song into another so seamlessly that you don't even realize that they switched the song they're doing. And I love that. So that is really there. Like one of the best things I could say about that album, but also just every song on it is a, you know, 
I'll listen to the whole album all the way through. So I think that's my three. Justin, what about you? Those were all some pretty good choices. Man, um, this was a, a very tough question for me because and it's not one a question that I really thought about before and my music taste is all over the place like if somebody stole my phone they would probably be mad because there's there'd be all kinds of random rap music rock music I've got orchestral stuff I've got video game music I've got anime music they would be like who even is this person but uh so I'm usually all over the place place with my music and so these three albums are kind of over a broad spectrum as well but um but the first album i'm gonna start with my my favorite rock band is metallica and i think that the reason is it saint anger no god no <laughs> i knew you were gonna I should have known. I should have known that was coming. I should have known. But no, unfortunately, no, it is not uh, St. Anger. But the 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 album that made me fall in love with them, that this was the album that really did it for me was the Black Album. And it's an album that I can still listen to anytime. And I mean, really, when you talk about Metallica classics, it, quite a few of my favorite favorite Metallica songs are on the Black Album. I mean, you've got the Enter the Sandman, um, which is a great song. Uh, Sad But True. Uh, I really love that song. Nothing Else Matters, which is one of my favorite Metallica songs. And then, of course, there's Unforgiven. I mean, there's just so many uh, really great songs on that so that's the Metallica album that I listen to the most that's one I can think of so many times where I would ride home or be traveling doing wrestling shows and stuff and and typically that's the one that I let just go through I don't have to skip through or anything like that I'll sit there and listen to that whole thing so I definitely had to give them some love and uh, oddly enough I didn't think until I really thought about this, I didn't have this originally listed, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, yeah, I'm going to give them some love. So my next one I'm going to talk about is uh, is actually Linkin Park, the hybrid theory. So if Ooh. you're a Linkin, yeah, it's good, isn't it? Like if you're a Linkin uh, Park fan, I love that album. Yeah, it's it. That is a wonderful album. Like, I mean, paper cut points of authority crawling in my skin. I mean, in the end, it doesn't matter. I mean, godly man, pushing me away. Like there are so many great that that was peak Lincoln Park. And some people really like Meteora. Some people will argue Meteora is better. And I love Meteora, too. That's yeah, you. Yeah. And, and it's a it's close, though, isn't it? Like I could argue about that for days. Oh, but I don't know. To hi- me, Meteora is like leaps and bounds better than hybrid theory. You think so? I could see that. I could see that there are a lot of Meteora songs that I love, too. And I could have very that was tough for me, really, to put either one of those because I love them both so much. But I went with this one just because I guess it's it's got a special place in my heart because the 
because I, I didn't really know of Lincoln Park or anything like that really until I got to college and there was a friend of mine he was kind of an anime fan and everything and that's how we kind of met because he watched uh, Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that and he was kind of into going onto YouTube and there are these anime videos music videos that people make and they would put them to Linkin Park songs and you know edit all of this footage from Dragon Ball Z and fights and stuff and there are actually some really cool videos it's kind of just some weird part of just DBZ anime culture that they just make all these music videos to their favorite songs and that was when I first heard Paper Cut and it was a very very catchy song man and I was like what is this song? Who's playing this? And he was like, Linkin Park. And I was like, oh, who's that? He went, what? You don't know who Linkin Park is? And of course, he, after he, uh, <laughs> totally berated me. He introduced me to the hybrid theory and I've been a fan ever since. So I just had to mention hybrid theory, but Sterling, I get where you're coming from with Meteora, you know? That has a lot of great songs, too. And then the last one I wanted to talk about was The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Um, Ooh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love like, that uh, album. My goodness, man. My goodness. Like, really, when it comes to defining, in my opinion, a perfect album, I, you know, I feel like this should be on everybody's list of top albums like I just feel like it should be somewhere on your list like Lauren Hill is a wonderful music talent and this album is so strong it's so emotional there are just so many wonderful songs I mean just I mean my goodness man where do I even begin like the lost ones X Factor is a wonderful song man just I mean I like all of these songs nothing even matters the the miseducation of Lauren Hill of course man all of these songs are so good man I used to love him like I could listen to this album for days and oftentimes I do you know it's one of those that I can constantly pull up and it doesn't matter what song it is I'm gonna sit and listen to Lauren Hill and I just love her voice I think she's got a distinct wonderful voice and this is really just a testament to her skills I mean she basically did this album and was gone for quite some time for music to I believe have kids and just live her life and everything like that and for the longest time it was almost like this was all she needed to do I mean and people want wanted her to come back for so long because this album was just so good and I remember the year it came out she won like every award I think damn near possible like (laughs) that this album is the truth the absolute truth so those would be my three that was my song I love that song I still love that song girl you know you better watch out yeah don't don't get me started. Don't get me started. But yeah, anyway, guy had to give Miseducation of Lauren Hill some love. All right. So for me, my first perfect album should not surprise anybody that knows me. I figured <laughs> I'd start with this one. And that would be Kanye you know West's going. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Mm-hmm. God, that's good. It sounds so good. right. Yep, yep. That was number four on my list. <laughs> I mean, to me, it really is like. 
I think no matter what genre of music you listen to, if you take everything out of it and you just listen to that album from beginning to end, you will find something in that album that speaks to you. Doesn't matter. Country, classical, jazz, you know, hip hop, uh, rock, anything. That album has something in it that's like that, whether you think you it would or not. And like the story behind how it was made is even fucking crazier. But my beautiful dark twisted fantasy to me, like from beginning to end, there is not a single misstep, not even a fucking note out of place, like everything about it. And it tells a story. And that's one thing I love is like the beginning starts with Nicki Minaj with like this weird fake British accent, like talking about like uh, a fairy tale and like that this isn't it. This isn't a fairy tale. So like sit back and listen and you get this journey of because this was the first album after the Taylor Swift fiasco at the MTV Music Awards. So this whole album is like Kanye West knowing he's an asshole, accepting he's an asshole, wanting forgiveness for being an asshole. Like it just goes through this whole emotional spectrum of everything and the use of similes and analogies throughout everything he does in that album is fucking amazing. And on top of that, when you've got a song like Runaway, which is over seven minutes long on a fucking hip hop album, he's got a song that's over seven minutes long and it's fucking great. Like that's that was the song that I found out about who Pusha T was. And if you don't know who Pusha T is, listen to him. Do yourself a fucking favor. But I mean, that album and the amount of guest stars it has on it is mind boggling in like subtle ways. Like most people don't realize Fergie is on that album. A lot of people don't know Elton John is on that album. Bon Iver of all people. <laughs> yeah. The lead singer Bon Iver is on that album twice. He does. He does the two different interludes on that. Um, it's just, it's all over the place and it's just, it's ingenious how it tells that story. Um, my second album, if you know me, this also should not be a surprise to you because to me, it is the best soundtrack to ever exist in movie history. And that'd be Prince and the Revolution's Purple Rain. Nice. Ah, okay. Once again, okay. that is from beginning to end a perfect album. Like no missteps, no nothing. When you watch it within the context of the movie, it's amazing. But then even out of context of the movie, you just listen to the album. Fucking great. Uh, my favorite song on that is I Would Die For You. I fucking love that song. And it's the very last song of the movie too. Fucking love it. But there is... Mm-hmm a mariachi cover of I would uh, I would die for you. Listen to that. Do yourself a favor huh. and listen to that cuz that song fucking bangs. And that's tough for me to say anybody doing a cover of a Prince song and me saying you do anything about it justice <laughs> means you did something right. Looking at you the Bangles. I'm Oh man. They didn't do covers. He actually this. wrote a lot of their songs, but still. Um but no, it's a fucking great album. And I don't really feel like I need to say much more about that because at this point, I mean, this album came out in 1981, 82, something like that. Everybody knows Prince is Purple Rain, but you do yourself a favor and actually listen to it straight through. It's fucking great. Now, this one will be the one that surprises everybody because I'm not going to lie. It surprised the fuck out of me when I first heard it. But there is an album and it came out only last year. And that album is She Is Coming by Miley Cyrus. That album is fucking great. And it is short too. It's only six songs long. But this album does this weird journey. Um, 
about her, like it's partially about like her figuring out who she is, accepting who she is, um, being, you know, like just surrounded by drugs and alcohol and sex and how that plays into your psyche. Um, there's even a song called Catitude featuring uh, RuPaul, which if you listen to it by itself, is it, it's a very, uh, how, how do I word this? It's a very shocking song and it's meant to be. And out of context of the album, it's almost abrasive with kind of like how upfront it is with some of these things. But when you put it in the context of the album and it almost didn't click the first time I listened to this album all the way through, it seemed a little bit out of place. But that second listen through of this album, because like I said, it's only six songs. That second listen through, it clicked. And I think that that was like the genius of this album is that even the songs that seem out of place, given actual attention and, and, and listening and all this other stuff, it kind of, it, it melds together in a way that a lot of albums have problems doing. Because this is one of those albums that it doesn't necessarily have a song that sounds like a single. I mean, they all kind of do because they, are, are, they all are pop songs. You know, it is Miley Cyrus. So any of them could be a single, but you can tell by the way the album is put together that it wasn't made with the intention of having a single. You can make any of them one, but the album exists without that. And it's sneaky fucking good. I had heard one song on it and I was like, oh, that's a really good song. And then I was like, oh, I'll go buy the album or I'll go buy that song. And then I saw like the whole album was like six songs and was only like eight bucks or something like that. Because it is a shorter album. Like, I was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'll buy it. No. And like ever since then, I will swear by that album. And I know it sounds crazy. And I know a lot of people have their issues or whatever with Miley Cyrus. But I think if you really are like willing to open yourself up to what that album can do, it's fucking sneaky good. And like I said, I will swear by that album. Anything else before our next question? I think Miley in general is kind of sneaky good. Like, I think it was hard for people to take her seriously coming off of, you know, being this huge Disney star. And then when people realized that she could actually sing, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, I think it just shocked people. And um, and just because, you know, she just has you just always see her in the public eye and, you know, all of these different things going on and, you know, all the craziness that you hear about her. But that aside, I think that distracts from her talent, honestly, because she's super good. Her voice is really, really good. I like her tone. Like her type of tone is kind of my favorite type of tone where it's like a, a lower, like alto female voice. I love those types of voices because I feel like they can just do so much with that. So yeah, she's, I think in general, Miley is kind of sneaky good. So I think, I think with that, like her being a Disney star and that not being who she really was wanted to break away from it. I think a lot of the controversy and the, the things that she did at the end of that was just her figuring out who the fuck she was. And unfortunately she was in the spotlight since she was so yeah. young that unfortunately that played out for everybody. She was doing the same exact shit that every fucking 18 to 19 year old do. It's just, unfortunately she's yeah. famous and she didn't have a way to escape that. But right. like ultimately she found herself, she found who she wanted to be. And I think this album is like a culmination of all that talented creativity that that whole journey got to. Yeah. But one of you asked the next question. This isn't actually like a legit question. It was just something I thought of when you were talking about your, your list, Sterling, because like, I know how much you love Kanye. 
So my question, and well, there's, I know that there's like three artists that you like super love. So like my question was going to be, if you had to get rid of one of their music, would it be Kanye, Taylor, or Kelly? Taylor. Really? Yeah. Okay. I get rid of her. Because I know you, I know you love all of them. So I just thought that would be a tough question for you, but it's not. No, apparently. no, no, no. I will live and die by Kanye and Kelly. I say that <laughs> Kanye's trying to like Christian, Christianify all his music. And I think that's dumb. But as long as I get to have oh my original Kanye albums, I will live and breathe my, the rest of my life with Kelly and Kanye. Okay. Mine is more of just a general movie question. But my uh, question was, uh, think critically and answer, what is the movie you believe you have seen the most times? So you have watched this movie more times than any other movie. So this is childhood, adulthood, et cetera, et cetera. What is the movie you think you have seen more times than any other? That's an impossible question. Ooh, that is tough. Do you know yours? I feel what do like you, think you should is? go. Well, yours is okay. probably Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> well, oh, I, I mean, I uh, I tout that as my favorite, but this is but when it comes to number of times, I mean, I, I was a Disney kid growing up. I was a Disney kid growing up, so I feel like it would have to probably be something like and and the my big three Disney films were Aladdin. Beauty and the Beast, well, really more like Big Four, a Latin Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, and Lion King. And dude, I, I used to watch those all the damn time. Like that was always on our TV. If our parents wanted to keep us out of trouble, the, the, they'd sit you in front of the TV and say, here, watch one of these Disney movies. And I watched them so much, like I knew lines, I knew songs, I knew uh lyrics and all of that stuff so i'm think it would have to be them and i'm almost leaning towards it might actually be the lion king because i watched it a ton when i was a kid then um when i took some like motivational classes and stuff like that we uh watched it when i did some classes just because it it related to kind of this message and this story and everything like that one of the exercises when i was screenwriting was to watch a movie and kind of dissect it and label the parts of a film and stuff like that. And that was a movie that I watched for that. And then here lately when we were watching the the remake of The Lion King, I was watching it again so that I could compare to the remake. So I don't know. I think th that's the one I keep leaning towards. I mean, it's hard to just know for sure, but I believe it's got to be a Disney movie and I believe that has to be the one that I've watched the most, I think. Hmm. But that's a good one. I was just wondering, is that like, is that too difficult to answer? No, is I mean, no way. I'm going to base mine off of probably like so the, mine's kind of a neck and neck situation, but I, I'm pretty sure the one I've seen the most just because like I can count so many times when I like wanted to watch it specifically and how much I can quote it. <laughs> I honestly think mine is 10 things I hate about you. I think that's my, like, I've watched it so much. It's kind of a go-to just have it on whenever type of movie for me. 
Um, I wanted cool. to be Cat Stratford when I was in high school. Um, I wanted to be Julia Stiles' character. So, like, I was like, she's so cool, you know. <laughs> I watched that so many times. But even today, if I watch it, I still love that movie. So I think that's mine. Nice. And that's how you know you watch it a lot. If you know the lines and the and if you know the lines and you know right. what the characters are going to say before they say it, then you've probably seen it quite a few times. So, oh, yes. no, that's For a good sure. one. That's a good one. That's definitely a rewatchable film. So I get that. I totally get that. See, I can't I can't use that little test that you just gave, Justin, of if you can quote the lines, you know, the movie, because I've got a lot of fucking movies I can do that with. You rewatch oh. so much stuff. Though. That's the problem is I rewatch <laughs> so much shit. So if I had to think about it at first, when you first said it, I thought it was a three way tie, but I can leave one off of it. I think solely based on when it came out. The other two are older. Therefore, I think I've seen them more in my life. But I think when it comes down to it, mine will be a tie. I think it, mine would be a tie between Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. Nice. Yeah, that actually okay. shouldn't surprise me. I could see that. And I totally figured Ghostbusters would be up there. It would have yeah. to be. I've been I've I've watched that movie at least at least three times a year my entire life. And that's an at least. I guarantee there were days and days and days over when I was a kid. Um I I know I know for a fact when I was a kid there were times when my parents would put it on and I'd watch it and then I'd start acting up because I was a little rambunctious fuckhead and they would just put it on again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. like, see it's on again just watch it yeah <laughs> what was your other one just because i want to know if i would have known that oh the that other one. one's kind of close it would almost have to be i think starship troopers oh okay oh, i was gonna yeah. say i was I've, gonna say a different one but okay. i've watched that twice this week <laughs> um <laughs> it might be an easier question if it was like what's the movie that you've seen the most in the past like month for you because <sighs> yeah Oh, in the past month, it's funny. In the past month, I have watched both Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, Starship Troopers twice, uh, Congo twice, um, Starship Troopers 3. Uh, <laughs> in the last month, <laughs> I've watched all those. Um, okay, so it would not have been better. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's the thing. Is like I said, a minimum of three times a year. Because there was like, when I was an older teenager, I, didn't, I, I don't think I watched Ghostbusters as much. But I'd still watch it a good amount. But I mean, yeah, when I was a kid... I, I, I know those movies inside and out and it's just, it's crazy how much I've also, like I said, watched Starship Troopers. <laughs> like I, I do find myself just sitting there and I'll have it on in the background. I'll be like editing a podcast episode. Starship Troopers will be on in the background and I'm editing and I'll still say the lines like Rico's rough, like while I'm editing. Um, so that I, they would almost have to be, but I think just since both of those other movies came out in the eighties and I was born in the middle of the eighties, Ghostbusters is one year older than me. Um, yeah, I, it would have to be those two. If When it really boils down to it, I think it would have to be those two. It makes sense. Yeah, and especially if that was the go-to for your parents because you liked it so much, that that's typically <laughs> the one. And, and, and that's what I went through. I went through a similar thing too, man. They knew that if, if they pop in a Beauty and the Beast or something like that, that my brother and I, we would just sit there and watch it and sing to it and stuff like that. So those just got watched so much. And when you're a kid, you know, you know, you're not at a job or anything. You got time. So that's what you did. And that's so it's funny. just, you know, yeah. 
Because for me, it wasn't like my my parents weren't big on like, yeah, watch a Disney movie to do it. Like you would think it would be when you're kids. But my my family was not very much like, yeah, just let's put on a Disney movie. They were more just like, yeah, pick what you want to watch. Just watch it. Just, you know, calm down kind of thing. <laughs> like, you know, it was just, <laughs> just yeah, leave I mean, us alone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like it wasn't not that they disliked Disney or that they were, you know, like not specifically like don't watch Disney, but they weren't like you. It needs to be a child's movie. They were kind of just like, sure, watch whatever you want, you know, kind of thing. Maybe I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but that's definitely just how my parents were. So, I mean, all I know is we did when I was a kid, we did go through more than one copy of Ghostbusters. I did watch it so much. <laughs> I completely believe that. I don't even, can you even count around? It's been at least 300 times probably you've seen that movie. Honestly, probably. That's so much. I don't know if I've ever watched a movie that much. Like props, because I don't, I just don't know that I could say I've done that. I don't, yeah. My love for the Ghostbusters franchise knows And you no never bounds. get tired of it, huh? Never do. You just I always never love have. it. Okay. Yeah, that's one thing I could say about you. That is some consistency, man. I mean, the fact that you are watching those movies, like every month those movies get watched a certain number of times, that is some commendable consistency. I mean, damn. Like, that's right? you're a fan for real. You're a fan for real. Do you have a VHS copy of Ghostbusters and um, Ghostbusters 2? I don't anymore. Um Okay. But you did? Okay. Yeah, because uh, the family members that uh, I don't talk to anymore technically had all that. So I don't know where they're uh, at anymore. Do you make your little brothers watch it? You say like, no, you have to watch this. I or should. Are too young for that? So. No, no. Oh, well, I can't say they're too young for it. I watched it when I was younger than them. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had seen Ghostbusters <laughs> 2 in theaters uh, at their ages. Um, no, it's just honestly, I'm not there since they're down in Texas and I'm I'm here. They haven't seen it. But I do know. I have bought them some Ghostbusters stuff, though, because they have seen Ghostbusters and they do like it. So I have bought Train them. Train them up young. Yeah. yeah. That's how you get them. Get them when they're young. I do. I do kind of have a similar question kind of related that I was going to ask. Um, it was just going to be, um, what's one song that you've heard over and over that no matter how many times you hear it, you don't get tired of it? Call me maybe. <laughs> nice. Okay. I live by that song. <laughs> Okay. Huh. Call me maybe. It's very catchy. I get it. Oh, that's yeah. that's my jam still. To this day, still my jam. <laughs> what about you, Dustin? Well, uh, from one of Sterling's pick picks, my dark twisted fantasy, the the power song. No one yep. man can have all that power. That's actually the theme <laughs> song that I come out to. And Is I can it? listen to that song. Yes, that it's it's one that I come out to. And that's a song that I can listen to damn near any time. Like, it, I mean, really, it doesn't awesome. matter if that song is on or it, when that song cues up on my phone, I'm going to listen to it. So, yeah, that's definitely one that I never get tired of. It pumps you up for your matches and stuff. Yep. I mean, yep. on a strictly Kanye ba basis, if we want to go straight off that album, I mean, Monster is my go-to song off that album. Ooh, Monster's mm -hmm. good. Um, yeah. But then also in general, off uh, Graduation, I love the song Homecoming. Mm. Oh, that is a good song. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I, I love, love, love going to the city and like being on Lakeshore Drive and, and pumping that song. Like when you can see all the city and then the lake next to you, it's fucking great. 
because if anybody doesn't know, the song is about Chicago. So like, it's just really fitting. Like when you're right there and like I said, you've got the lake on one side and you've got the city on the other. That's cool. Like you just feel like you're in the song. What about you, Heather, with the same question? I feel like my song picks for all my stuff is a little bit more like obscure and not as well known stuff. But a song that I always love listening to, I don't know if you guys know the the band Bastille. They have that song Pompeii that was big a few years ago. Um, I love that song. I any time that it comes on, I will sit and listen to that song. It's so catchy and it's so good. That's mine. I feel like I have very obscure music ones compared to you guys who have like super well-known songs, but I love that song. Yeah, but I mean, all I listen to is like pop and hip hop. So yeah, all the songs I listen do to you are know, well-known. Do you know what song I'm talking about? <laughs> do either of you know that song? No. Nope. I don't know if you know that song. I would sing it for you, but we always know how that goes when I try to sing. So <laughs> so the next question? I think it's you. Yeah, oh. I think you're up, Starla. Um, So this one... I will go back to to our typical topics with this. Uh, so what is a TV show that surprised you? Like a TV show that you thought would be dumb or you wouldn't like it, but then you watched it and you surprisingly liked it. Honestly, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like I had watched maybe one or two episodes of it before I even knew really what it was. And I was... I don't know what it was, but I was just like, oh, all right, I guess it's fine. But I wasn't like a huge fan of it. And so and that was years ago. And then recently hearing more about it, I got into it more and I watched it from the beginning. And I was like, this show is amazing. So that I think is definitely the biggest surprise show. Most of my comedy shows that I watch are kind of like that, like even Parks and Rec. Everybody kept telling me like, yeah, you need to watch this. It's so good. It's so good. And I was just like, okay, sure, I'll get around to it eventually. And I never really watched it. And then when I did, I was like, wow, I was missing out for so long. But I would say biggest surprise just because Brooklyn Nine-Nine had actually watched an episode. And I was just like, meh, okay. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, I did not appreciate how great this show is. Um, For me, I would have to say kind of like your story with Parks and Rec, that is definitely similar to my story when it comes to the office, because I was late Mm. um, getting into the office. You know, I didn't really watch it until it first made its way to Netflix a while ago. And I had heard so much about this show and people at my jobs would reference it and talk about it and go, oh, like that episode where Jim and Pam did this and that. And I would hear about these characters, Dwight and stuff. And then they would show up and some of them would show up in other like comedy sketches and stuff like that. Or they'd be getting interviewed by Conan or somebody and people would go, oh, yeah, she's in the office or yeah he's in the office and then Steve Carell and everything and I had only known Steve Carell from like movies 40 year old virgin and anchorman and stuff like that so so and and I just kept hearing about how great the office was and how and this whole culture of people who just watch it all the time just over and over just doing these rewatches and I used to think that was such a crazy concept because for me when it comes to a lot of movies, I 
don't rewatch a lot of movies. I'm kind of a, you know, usually I'm one and done kind of guy unless um, it's something where I have to watch it to review it or I'm studying it or something like that. So typically I'll see a movie once and I've had my feel of it. You know, it's only a very select you know, it's only a handful of movies I'm going to watch more than once or regularly. So when it came to The Office and I finally got to watch it and I just and I'd seen clips and everything of The Office and little funny parts with Steve Carell and stuff. And I'd be like, eh, I don't know, man. Like, I just did not think I was going to like it at all. I didn't think it was going to be my kind of comedy. I just thought, man, this is just going to be a stupid show. Or I would see Dwight running and jumping around or something. And I'd go, I don't know, man. It's going to be a bunch of slapstick stuff. I'm probably not going to like this. And man, boy, was I surprised. Like, when I started <laughs> watching it, it just completely surprised me. I couldn't believe how smart the show was, but yet how silly it could be, how endearing all the characters could be. The continuity of the show was just so good. You know, characters would say, would, would reference something, and then, like, two seasons later, they would, that same thing would be brought up, or they would remember what they said, or they would remember when somebody said something about it. You know, there are just all these cool little subtle things. The more you watch it, the more you appreciate kind of the continuity and how organic, like, the show's characters felt. And there are just so many memorable moments and memorable episodes, and I am in agreement. I think that the Jim and Pam love story journey is one of the best romances probably ever on TV. It's got to be up there. I mean, that is just, that really was just a great story with those two characters. And then uh, Michael Scott, this boss, this delusional boss, but yet kind of has a heart of gold, but doesn't understand things and is uh, often selfish and just irrational sometimes. Like, I just love the journey of that character too, and just what he started as and then what he kind of evolves into it's all just a good story man so and even though yes it kind of went down in quality towards the end of its run with Steve Carell leaving and stuff like that but honestly man I can rewatch the whole thing and whenever I do rewatch it I can watch any episode it doesn't matter what time it's from whether it's season three or it's late towards the final seasons I can watch that's a show that I can watch anytime and now I am one of those people that I used to scratch my head and wonder how there could be those people that watch it all the time now I totally understand (laughs) see I can do that with the office the one episode I do have a tough time getting through though is the Scott's Tots episode oh yeah man that was godly uncomfortable episode I know a lot of people talk about the dinner party episode being uncomfortable. Oh, man. But I love that episode. I think that's one of the best ones. Like just (laughs) hands down from beginning to end. Yeah, it's it's one of the most well acted episodes of that show. But and I know a lot of people just the tension throughout that episode is is what makes it hard for some people. But for me, it's Scott's Tots. That's the one episode I cannot watch because I'm just like, why? What's it about? No, you have to watch Scott's Tots. You cannot, you cannot be told what it's about. 
You have yeah. to watch it. You have to experience oh, it. You have to feel your soul cringe. Yeah. Oh it's, no. And that's what that episode it's pretty does. Awful. And it's not it's pretty awful. And it's not like it's like a bad episode. That movie no. that episode is so well written, it it fucks you up on a spiritual level. Yeah. Oh my. Yes. You have to just I can attest to it. that. I agree. I can attest to that. So I was thinking about like I asked you guys that question and then I realized I don't have an answer to my own question. So I had to think <laughs> about it while you guys were talking. And honestly for me, it'd be the show Blackish. And it was mainly mm. because of Anthony Anderson. Mm. Because okay. for how so long Anthony Anderson was a, a very annoying character in a lot of movies. Correct. I agree. And then I loved him on Law and Order, but that was serious. And then he was going, he was doing a comedy again. And I was like, mm-hmm. it's not going to work. I can't stand him like that. And plus, I thought the name was very weird. And <laughs> it, it, it felt like it was going to be just a show that was written by a bunch of white people talking about the black experience and shit. It was just going to be kind of like, and all this annoying shit. And I was like, this is going to be dumb. And then like I watched the episode of it and I was like, holy fuck, that's not a, at all what I thought it was going to be. And then I watched all of the episodes and like all, you know, from then, and then I had gotten caught up and I've been current ever since. No, that is an incredibly amazing show. It's incredibly yeah. deep. It's incredibly funny. It's incredibly well acted. I mean, Anthony Anderson is amazing now to me. It's insane how good he is in that show. I am currently in the middle of watching that show. I love him and Tracy Ellis Ross so much in that show. And like there are times he does some of those things that used to annoy me in in movies in the past, but it seems a little bit more subdued (laughs) and it it fits very well. So that was that was a show that ended up surprising me. And I absolutely love it now. Same. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. I need to watch that show, man. I still have not started it, and I need and always, to. Always, always a fan of Dovey Diggs showing up as the crazy brother. Like, Johan. it's always funny. Johan, oh my gosh. He's so, like, picture how he is in blind spotting, and he's the complete opposite of that in this. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, Jason, okay. definitely get on it. It's so good. It's so good. Okay. Okay. All right. Who's next question? Jason's up. Okay, and I don't know. Hopefully there are answers for this one. I don't know about this one, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, Okay, so out of the movies, and and I mean, maybe it's kind of appropriate being that this is our 100th episode, but so out of the movies that we've reviewed and everything so far, is there any movie that upon that after we've given our scores that you now have a better appreciation for or maybe a lower appreciation for since our episode of reviewing it and would you change your score would it be a lower score and if so why or a higher score and if so why or do you just stand by every single one of your scores um i want to go okay um fantasy island needs to be lower i don't remember what i gave it but whatever i gave it it needs to be lower (laughs) because i watched the unrated cut and it's the same fucking movie just with blood special effects added it's garbage um, the turning needs to be lower just because I watched its alternate ending and I thought maybe an alternate ending would fix it. It doesn't. So whatever fucking <laughs> score I gave that needs to be lower. And uh, whatever score I gave the Joker, just fucking lower it some too because I still fucking hate that movie. Other than that, I totally stick behind everything else I've said. I like nice. how for the Joker, it's just for the sake of you just hate it. So why not I make talk- it lower well, than you already made it? <laughs> I talked about it somebody today and I just 
got pissed off even more. So drop it down a little bit more. <laughs> the movie makes you so angry. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't, I mean, just because, oh man, we've done so many movies though. That's, it's hard to remember some of the scores I gave. I would say as of late, just because my memory remembers that better. <laughs> um, I might give Lovebirds a little bit of a higher score than I gave it the first time around. Like just kind of thinking back on it and like re-remembering some of it. I'm like, you know what? It's actually just like slightly better than I think I gave it credit for initially. Um, so I think I might give that one a little bit of a higher score. And otherwise, I don't know. I mean, I feel pretty good about most of the scores that I've given, you know, and I don't remember what I gave Midsummer. But I honestly might give it a lower score just because like <laughs> lower that thinking, one, too. Yeah. Like just thinking back <laughs> on that movie and I'm just like, I really wanted it to be so much more than what it was. And it was just not it. Just everything about it was like not. I, it was not my cup of tea at all. Like I appreciate the artistic style of whatever they tried to do with it. But the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, I didn't come away with anything from that movie. Like nothing in that movie made me feel better about anything. It didn't teach me a lesson. It didn't make me appreciate anything about filmmaking any more than I did. Like nothing really of quality came from it for me to say that that was something I, I don't even remember what I gave it, but just thinking back on it, I'm like, yeah, it just really was not a necessary thing in general. <laughs> so I would probably lower that score just a little bit too. Also lower cool. hereditary. <laughs> I knew you were about to say that too. I knew you were about You're just going to say gonna that. go through every movie you did like. You're just going to continuously yeah. go through all, every movie so and go, yep, now. just lower that one too. No, yeah, lower that no. one. Lower that one. I was also going to say you can raise Avengers Endgame one point. Hmm. Huh. I don't remember what I gave it, but fuck it. Raise it one point. To counteract okay. all my lowering, raise that one point. <laughs> okay. I'll take I that. Take I'll take that. Endgame. Absolutely. I'll take that. I'll take that point. That's that is a lot coming from you guys. You don't understand what that means, right? Like, <laughs> like you don't understand what that means. So that I I will take the hell out of that point. And it's funny that you mentioned comic book movies because that kind of segues into one of mine. I wrote a blog, and this was before we were on the the podcast. But I wrote a review. Oh, I didn't know for, we could go back that far. I guess I should have included that, huh? But well, well okay. Well, I'll then come back around to y'all. When, then. when you're done, when you're done with that, then I've got some more scores to adjust. <laughs> badass. Okay, badass. I should have mentioned that. My bad, guys. But um, I wrote a review for the Wonder Woman movie when it first came out, and I'm not gonna lie, man. I should have lowered my score. I went back and I watched it recently. Um, recently because now it's on hbo max so you can just like watch it anytime and i went back and watched it still like it still really 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 like that movie but i believe at the time when i wrote the blog i gave it like 96 or 97 it's i shouldn't have given it that high it should have been more like an 85 or something like that and now you're uh, seeing my point with it yeah, and we've talked and we've talked about it a little bit before, but I should have docked points for kind of how it comes together at the end, and the third act yep. is a lot weaker. And I, yeah. I think I just kind of was on the hype train because I love that character, and I think uh, I was being hella biased <laughs> whenever I but wrote to be fair, that interview. Though, to be fair, I think at the time there weren't as many good 
um, as great of superhero movies as we had in the past couple of years. So well, there the was time, no good true. DC movies. That's, yeah. I yeah. think no that that's what it was. DC there was movies. no good DC movies. Right. So it yeah. makes so sense So you get the, the semblance time. of anything good from DC. You're just instantly like, no, it's the greatest. Plus, you were probably distracted by Gal Gadot being perfect. So, and that's fair. Yeah, yes, and she is. So, yes, I'm glad that that's not a debate because it isn't. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, you and you guys are totally right. I think that that did have something to do with it. I was just so happy that the movie was good that it sometimes just makes you go, oh, it's great. Like you're, you're just having a knee jerk reaction. And that's what that really was. So I think mm-hmm. if I, I, if I were to do it again, yeah, I lower it about 10 points. So I just wanted to get that one off my chest. And then another one that I really feel like I should have lowered. I went, I was going back and just kind of listening to some of our old podcasts and I gave Sonic like 80 something percent. I shouldn't have done that either. So, <laughs> so you're with me on a that too. Seventy, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's it's about a seventy, man. And I gave it like eighty something, and it should be seventy something. But again, I based gave off that of score. probably what you expected it to be, as opposed to yeah. what it was, the knee jerk. Video game movies so are so better. crappy. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, I didn't like the movie as much as Justin, but to me, it was still the best video game movie like ever made. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's my problem sometimes is that I get I'm like, oh, man, that they actually made a good one. And it makes me adjust the score. And then sometimes when I come down to earth or I'm listening to us talk about it. And when we got to the flaws in that podcast, I was like, man, I had a lot of flaws. Why didn't that reflect in my score? So, yeah, I just thought I had to clean my conscience and clear those two up. I do think it's funny that like with especially with like Wonder Woman. Like when you went back and watched it, like you ended up uh, like coming to some more similar conclusions as to like I did where like that movie, like the first 85 percent of that movie is fantastic. Yeah. And then that last 15 percent you have seen 97 billion times (laughs) and is just the most uninspired, just paint by the numbers. DC especially has done that exact same ending in almost every one of their movies thing. Yeah, big light show, nameless CGI it's thing. It's yeah. smoke. It's the most bland looking villain ever. Like mm-hmm. it's yeah. the ending of every DC movie. And that's essentially where my points stop for that movie. I'm watching it and I'm like, yeah, I'm good, 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 good. And then it gets the end. And I just stop giving it points because I'm like, nope, you get no credit for this end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, oh, if we can go back you. to the blog days when, you know, we were writing reviews and stuff. Um, let's go ahead and knock 27 points off of whatever score I gave Logan. Um, 27 <laughs> points just 27. for no reason. Damn. I don't even know what the fuck I gave it, but knock it Out down 27. Oh my um, gosh. And let's go ahead and raise up Power Rangers five points because I still like that movie and I think it's fun. Um, <laughs> cool. You know, it's got Naomi Scott in it. So let's just raise it five points. For Naomi Scott factor. Uh, <laughs> what else? I'm sure there's something else I can knock some points off of. I don't remember though. <laughs> so we'll just leave if it I at can, that then. I will go back and change one. And you guys might be like disappointed that I'm changing this one to a higher score. Uh, just because I was going back and I was like, you know what? I really didn't see any sort. I didn't really dislike anything about the movie other than it could have been shorter. Was it chapter two? 
Everything else about that movie, <laughs> everything else about that movie, I really liked. It was just too long. So I think I might raise it like two points. I'll give it two points higher than what I gave it before. And then That's I'm going to lower it, my score of it four points to counteract that. Oh my gosh, you're awful. <laughs> that, that movie's too damn long. And just the fact that you said it was too damn long made it seem even longer to me. Yeah, minus four points. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> But in fairness, I will raise my Sonic score two points because Justin realized the error in his ways. This has essentially cool. become like whatever Sterling thinks it should be. He's going to balance it out to be that. <laughs> 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 that's pretty much what it's become right now with these redos. Yeah. It's like, that's the thing about a movie with me. If I don't like it, I will never soften on it. I will end up getting worse on it. Yeah, <laughs> like that's my thing with movies. If I don't like it, I'm just gonna hate it more and more the more time goes on. Hmm. Like we watched a movie way back in the day called Maria Full of Grace. Justin Ooh. loved it. I thought it was stupid. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> now I think it's even stupider. Just because it's oh. been like what 13 years since we watched it, so it's yes. been like 13 years of me hating that movie, which means it's even worse now. <laughs> I mean, you're nothing if not loyal. The, the hate has festered and collected, and now it's grown, <laughs> and there's bacteria, and it's just become some sort of living being by this time. Oh, my gosh. It should have been called Maria Full of Hereditary, because it's just as bad as that movie. <laughs> oh. You're nothing if not loyal to your, your hate. So, you know, respect, I guess. Yeah, I feel it. Everybody else tries to like <laughs> calm it down and shit. I fucking throw wood on that fire. Do you relate to Dre from Blackish sometimes where he has like that super anger issue just for no reason sometimes? It just goes off on people because is that yes. kind of how you are? Okay. Anyways. Um okay, well my question, um, since we're talking about a little bit of past episodes and stuff like that, I had a question of do you have a favorite episode that we've recorded so far? Ooh, man, this is a good one. See, that's going to be even harder for me. I have two that I really, really, really like. And uh, and this is no offense to, to you and Devin or any of the interview episodes we've done. But it's funny. I think they're both like episodes where it was just me and Sterling. It doesn't mean I don't like you, Heather. I love you. But, I retract um, the question. Never mind. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you guys have done but, some good ones, though. I get that. But yeah, I thought that my two favorites, just the ones that came to the top of my head were when we did the when Sterling and I did the Spider-Verse episode and the Watchmen TV series episode. I, I really thought that we broke those down well, like the we talked about the lessons learned and it all just kind of came uh, together. So those are the first two that really just uh popped in my head and i also thought the three of us did really well on a star is born i think that's another uh gem in our little collection as well see for me it's tough because a lot of our older issues like i have some issues with the sound quality because of our setups back then so it's it's hard for me to look at them in positive light and i know it's like we were growing and all this other stuff but like since i'm the one that edits it and i do all this stuff it's very hard for me to look back on those episodes positively in, in some ways because mm. I'll listen to I'll them and we that. can be talking about all this other stuff, but then I hear the audio issues and I'm like, fuck. And like, now we have less of that because we have better gear and all this other stuff. 
So now it's a little bit, it's less distracting to me. And I think maybe that's what it is. It's a distraction to me. I hear it. But I, I do agree with you, Justin. Those were two really great episodes. I'm going to add another one to that, though, of the Rambo episode. Just because it was oh, just you man. and me shitting on that movie nonstop. And yes. then at the end, we spent like 20 <laughs> minutes talking about Frozen and how yeah. great that movie was. <laughs> and, and somehow, Queen just, Elsa. <laughs> yeah, that just was great. Just going from Rambo's a racist piece of shit movie to, yeah, but how good was Frozen? That wasn't even current. This was before Frozen 2 and years after the first Frozen. But somehow we just made that real sharp transition to, but Frozen was a great movie. And we just <laughs> talked about that for 20 minutes. And, just and said, then we didn't even give yes. Rambo a score. Yes. <laughs> And that was the other thing about it. After all that, we went, wait a second. We didn't even give Rambo a score. Fuck it. It doesn't deserve one. Guys, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little offended that it's all the episodes I'm not in. <laughs> he did say he did say a star is born. And I was actually going to throw in um, one of the episodes we did recently with the whitewashing and blindside uh, bl- uh, blind spotting episode. Yeah, that was that very kind of good. Just, that kind of just fell together. We had talked about doing a White Savior episode, and we're like, all right, we'll do it. But then, with, I, I don't remember how, but we ended up getting on to, to blind spotting. And on, we talked about it after or before recording a couple episodes before or something. And we we're like, oh, we should do that too. And so, like, we watched that, and then we did it. And, like, it was just one of those things that was just kind of this weird, like, the way we were able to transition between the two, but then still handle, I felt like, both topics very well. Um, and what episode was it? Whatever episode I also did my the reasons why I hate M. Night Shyamalan spiel again, because I was just so sad that we lost it in that one episode that. What was that one? It was like the one I think right before the blind spotting and white savior one. But yeah, I know where you was were that like, on bad I education. I yeah, think it was the bad education episode. Yeah. Yes. I just She's really like, loved I just that to. I was able to bring that in. <laughs> I have to say it. I don't care if I missed it. I'm talking about it kind of thing. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> oh, and there is another one that I do like where it was just me and Heather, actually, the euphoria one that we did um, yeah, for that HBO series. That's a that was a really that's one of my favorite ones, too, actually. Yeah, yeah, Thanks, that, that would round out my top ones. <laughs> well, what about you, Heather? Well, it's funny because I actually was going to say the Star is Born episode two because I I don't know why. I think maybe I feel like that's when we started really getting into a groove of how we gelled together in talking about things and not even just movies, but it was one of the ones where like deeper stuff came up. I mean, that movie is a lot about like mental health and things like that, which is a super important topic to me in general. So maybe that's why I really loved talking about it. But I don't know. I just I I feel like we kind of started getting a gel of this is like I I don't I feel like we were starting to come into our own a little bit more around that episode maybe and I think that's why I liked it. But also just the the subject matter we were talking about in that one I really loved, you know. Um because that movie is a really good movie and everybody you know, loves to talk about the chemistry of Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, which is amazing. But, you know, I hadn't heard too many people specifically talking about the like mental health aspect of it. And I'm really glad that we got to do that. So that's definitely one of mine. Um, Cats was great. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
Oh, gosh. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, just kidding. No, I do also like, um, I really, there, what was the one I was going to say? I, I, I really liked the, um, the one we did about A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Partially just because it's the first time that Sterling sounded just as positive as us about a movie <laughs> and a person oh, yeah. in general. And that is priceless because you're never going to have that happen again. So that was just a special treat. <laughs> um, oh, and you know, another one that comes to mind while you're thinking um, mm-hmm. the, the, the Halloween 2018 remake yeah i liked that episode a lot too with uh with your friend katie and she was talking about like her experience with people who like go through those things and everything and then we went through the movie and talked about our interpretations and then sterling was all surprised because she gave it a lower score than him and (laughs) like i think that yeah and Devin was on that too and i think that out of the episodes where we had guests that was one of my favorite ones was definitely that one. Yeah, I liked that one. And I think another one I was going to say too was um, I really liked the one when we had Josh Stifter on for the first time, just because I feel like his perspective of filmmaking and his whole attitude about like the process that he goes through and just talking about his passion for making that film and just the whole experience he had. It was really refreshing because he was just very, um, I don't know, like you just, you're like, this is somebody who just loves the art of making film. And it was just really cool to hear it directly from somebody who is a filmmaker. And I just really loved hearing that from him. And I really loved talking to Bola, which partially is just because I know her. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. but I Bola mean, I think, too. I think that was also one of the, the first times we had a guest on it. I think she was the first person recorded as a guest and she was just so easy to talk to you. And she just made that flow. Like I literally could have been like, no, you just talk this whole time. I don't need to say a word. Like none of us do. She had so many good stories and insight and everything. And she was just so much fun. So I do like doing some of those interview ones mixed in there too, every now and then, because I feel like you, you learn something when it's somebody coming from that um, that experience of actually being a filmmaker and, and what that actually looks like. So I liked those a lot too. And Ryan is still grounded from the podcast. Cause I'll buy something if he comes back on. Ryan was so <laughs> man, that one too. Ryan yeah. was so great. Both times that he was on, he was so great. Yeah. You need to, you need to get some money so that we can have him on again. <laughs> Just be I ready know, to buy a bunch of stuff. See, and I feel bad because every time we try to record with Alejandro, we always have audio issues. And like That's it's true. always something crazy because I think we've ended up recording three different episodes with Alejandro and we've only been able to put one out. <laughs> yes, that's true. Sorry, Alejandro. Great time every time. But, you know, audio. Yeah. But that was before we were more like, you know, updated on our stuff. So. Um, but so for another question, um, what's a movie that surprises people that you like? Hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking. Hmm. That is a tough I mean, one. I can you go ahead one? and give mine. Yeah, go um, ahead. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people are surprised by this, and they shouldn't be, but a lot of people are surprised by this, and especially when I watched it, people were surprised I was even watching it, and that was the movie Definitely Maybe. Um, I really hmm. loved that movie, and I just think what even makes it better is the fact that when I watched it, it was me and Justin that watched it. This is back when Justin still worked at the movie theater. And we were doing like the Thursday night before previews, you know, you you do to make sure that the film's good. And technically there's no issues with the film and all this other stuff. 
And we were all standing outside the theaters, like, you know, in the lobby, but outside the individual theaters. And everybody's like standing around talking and all this other stuff. And somebody asked me and Justin what we're watching. And we say, oh, we're going to watch Definitely Maybe. And they're like, oh, hey, yeah, right. No, 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 no. And we, you know, we go into the theater it's going to be in. And then a few of those people like follow us in there and all this other stuff. And we're watching the movie, you know, or the previews and everything are going through. And then that movie starts and they're like, wait, no, you're, you're, you're actually watching it. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then they all leave. Oh no. <laughs> Cause they thought we were watching something else. We were like, no, we were watching that. And, and then on top of that, I really, I did. I really enjoyed that movie. I think my love of rom-coms surprises people. like your your typical quote-unquote chick flicks um i don't like kate hudson i don't like sarah jessica parker so a lot of those you can go ahead and skip i don't necessarily like those movies but like you're definitely maybes your love actuallys uh oh this is war oh i love that movie (laughs) that's a good this this means war yes this means war yes i love that movie um just in general, my love of rom-coms, I think, is what ends up surprising me, uh, people. But I think just that in particular. And if it was just Jastin, I don't think they would have had the same reaction. I think when it was me also, and it's like this bald-bearded guy with piercings and tattoos. And they're like, yeah, of course they're not seeing that movie. Look, look at that guy. He's not seeing that. Yep, nope, loved it. Were you a fan of The Princess Diaries at all? I think the first one is really good. Yeah, I do like the I think the one. second one is trying too hard. Yeah, which is sad because Chris Pine, Chris Pine is great. But yeah, that's true. It's too hard. Too much. Or I think maybe my love of musicals, I think, surprises people, too. <laughs> yeah, me I too. I can see that. For sure. Yeah. Um, for me, I think, I think in general, if we're going on those lines, I think in general, the fact that I like horror movies a lot, I think surprises people sometimes. Like if they don't initially know it and like, it's not like I'm... I don't know. I, I guess people just because my personality doesn't seem to match somebody who likes horror movies is what my gathering is from people's reaction. <laughs> um, I really like them and I, I don't know why, but I just really do. And I think that surprises people a lot. Um, a more specific movie I'm trying to think of. Um, I had one in mind that I think I was going to say. Um, Man, you know what, Jason? Go. I'll think of mine, but you go ahead if you have one. For me, I think. Um, no, I, I think I'm going to talk about this, and um, I think that this one definitely surprises people when I bring it up, and probably not for good reasons, but it does happen quite a bit. But uh, I'm going to talk about Brokeback Mountain. I think I'm, it's time to have that conversation. Um, I think that this is. A really good movie. Like, I think that it's um, it's well acted. It was one of the movies that really uh, that they came out that year. That was one that was widely considered uh, one of the best movies to come out that year. Uh, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger just did what I thought was an amazing job. And I think that it goes without saying just kind of with all the homophobia going on at the time and everything like that. You know, there were people that went into this movie and then when they found out what it was, walked out, wanted refunds. Cause I remember this actually coming to theaters while we worked there. And, um, it's a movie that, you know, when I have, whenever I have a discussion about Jake Gyllenhaal or Heath Ledger, that that's one of the movies that I bring up and it always like surprises people. Oh, you like that? You know, whatever, whatever comic, 
comment, comment. And it's like, um, come on, man. Like, you know, and, and a lot of times I get it from just people who, you know, it just feels like super homophobic when they say, oh, you, why do you like that movie? Because it has, uh, two men in it um, that fall in love with each other. And it's like, come on, man. Like, haven't we grown enough to to get past the fact that, I mean, gay people exist? There was actually a meme that I shared not too long ago. Like, the people that are gay exist. They should be represented in media. It shouldn't bother us that this film is about it. That should never be what bothers you of what a film is about. It should be about the content. What's the story? What, how does this all come together? And I think that the lessons learned in that movie can really be for anybody, you know, that anybody can have that, that type of love story in their life, a love that you can't, you know, uh, it's about the love you pretend to have versus the actual love that you have. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that story. Uh, if that's not all you're looking at, focusing on or trying to be afraid of. So I think for me, that would definitely be the one that when I mention it, it surprises people. No, I get that. I get a lot of the same stuff. Even still, people are surprised by that, that I like Brokeback Mountain. Um, you Along love the same lines. Mountain, though. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think yeah. it's great. It's great. I think some of those sex scenes are fucking hot. Yeah, I but... know. <laughs> that's what I was going to mention. You <laughs> love those scenes. They they are fucking sexy. That's all I'm saying. But another along the same lines for the same reasons, but kind of not uh, that I get a like a lot of weird looks for when I, uh, people find out I like the movie or the Magic Mike movies. A lot of people get very weird about the fact that I like the Magic Mike movies. Yeah, yeah. Good, that good first one. magic, good the, like the second magic mic is just some eye candy and they're dancing and I get it. It's still a fucking fun movie, but <laughs> that first magic mic is a super complex story and I fucking love that movie. It's fucking great. It's not just a bunch of men dancing around on stage in G strings. Yes, there is some of that. And when Channing Tatum hate fucks that stage, that's sexy. I don't care who you are. It's some sexy shit. But <laughs> and he surprised the hell out of me though. Like he was excellent in that movie. Yeah. And his character was so deep and so much of that movie was him fighting against the stereotypes they're given to male strippers and like who he is as a person and all this other stuff and just the business and who he thinks are his friends and who aren't his friends. It's a super good movie. But a lot of people when you're like, oh, yeah, no, Magic Mike's great. They're like, oh, you like that gay shit? And you're like, I don't know what that means. It's a fucking yeah. movie. Like, exactly. it's a fucking movie. <laughs> I like yeah. Channing Tatum dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Channing Tatum used to be a professional dancer. He also used to be a male stripper. He fucking knows what he's doing in that role. And I appreciate the fuck out of that. Visually <laughs> and otherwise. <laughs> but mostly visually. <laughs> hey, he is more than a piece of meat, ma'am. Listen, I have strongly stated hot. that I am not nearly as big of a fan as, of Channing Tatum as you are. So that's <laughs> that's me speaking for you, not for myself. Um, but no, actually, along kind of similar lines, I think that people would be surprised at how much I like Hustlers 
Um, I love that movie. I think it's so great. And I guess it shouldn't really be too big of a surprise because I love J-Lo. But I think people would be surprised that I'm like, yeah, let's actively go watch a movie about like strippers, like, you know, playing some dudes to get some money from them kind of thing. But that movie is amazing. It's so, so good. And it's actually got some really deep moments in it. I've seen that movie more than once. I really, really like that movie. So I think that might be a surprise to some people, though, um, that I really like that movie because it's not like, I don't know, I, I just feel like people would consider that outside of my normal, like, type of movie, I guess. But yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, another great, solid film. Yeah, I, I really was. That, and that was another big surprise for me that year was Hustlers. And I mean, yeah, right. I, I thought it was excellent. Um, and J-Lo, <laughs> man, absolutely kills. And so yeah. does Constance Wu. I mean, really everybody. And it was mm-hmm. nice seeing Julia Stiles. I hadn't seen her in a minute. And she's great, even in that minor role. So, yeah, yeah. that's a very good thing. And let's just say that, like, Sterling's Channing Tatum is probably, like, my J-Lo. So that's how that goes. <laughs> yeah, but my J-Lo is also my J-Lo, so. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Equally, they're both sexy people to you. I get it. Yes, I play no favorites. <laughs> that is a good question, though. Was that your question, Sterling? Or Justin? Yes, that was. Now it's, on your, and now it's your guy's turn. Yeah, Justin, it's all you. you guys ask a question. Yeah, Justin, that's you now, I think. Okay. So here's a here's one we got to use your imagination. Um, if you could insert yourself in any film or TV show, uh, what would you choose, and what role would you choose? So this is whether it's behind the camera, um, something in front of the camera. Do you want to be? Uh, uh, a fellow actor or actress on this show? Do you want to help write the show? Would you want to be in the director's chair? But take a series that you like, a film or TV series, and if you could insert yourself into it in uh, some sort of fantasy scenario, what would you pick? Who would you want to work with? I would Ooh. want to be in Magic Mike, and I'd want to be the stage. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, Touche. But no, to, to actually answer your question, I'd want to be in Ghostbusters. I'd want to be the the young guy that they hire because um, they're starting to get a little older, so they need some more young people to to help out. I'd want to be I'd want to be one of the young guys they hire to to bust some ghosts. Hmm. That, okay, that's so, a good one. So you can like create a new character. It doesn't have to be an existing character. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he doesn't have to be Ernie Hudson. He can be himself and just you know be in there new character yeah in, in all actuality if it was to be a movie or something like that i'd be like vinkman's illegitimate child because he was kind of a pervert <laughs> <laughs> oh my i'm just saying if it was a movie that's how it would be but dude you know how good of a pick that is just imagine being on set with like bill murray and dan Aykroyd and all of them i mean just Harold imagine Ramis, how much ernie yeah, hudson sigourney yeah. weaver Rick Sigourney, oh, Sigourney Weaver, you get to talk to Sigourney. Like, that would be a fun-ass set to be on, dude. Like, that that's a really good pick, actually. Yeah, I like that pick. Man, this is a tough question. I, can I just be the pole in Hustlers? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> let me think. I think it's interesting, because I... Because my first thought was kind of like what I was saying about 10 Things I Hate About You, like how I wanted to be 
um, Cat Stratford in that movie. So, like, part of me was thinking that, but I was like, if I could just be, like, a new role, like, not change who's in it, but just kind of be an extra person in that movie, I'll be honest, blind spotting. I love that movie, and I just feel like even experiencing that set and experiencing, like, being a part of this movie that I feel is so important and, like, kind of almost will stand the test of time. Almost like just if you think about it, I would love to be in that movie just because of how important that movie is and how relevant it is. But also just like, I don't know, I just like even if I was just like another like, you know, one of the shop owners in the, you know, in the Bay Area or something like that, or, you know, just like knew them when they were at the club having the fight or something. I think that would just be really fun, like even just being an extra, honestly, because I would just love to watch the magic happen while they're doing their you thing can be what, like a woman who's they're moving your stuff out of your house yeah like yeah come and move ah. my stuff and yeah that would actually be a good one too you know um and then i just like hear them doing their freestyle and then i just like love them forever for it and i'm like always move my stuff that's probably how that would go but yeah um yeah it just i i think that that would be fun just because like you're getting to experience like their talent like the directors, the the actors and everything. I just think that would be a really cool thing to just experience. So that would be my pick. So you just made me so- realize something very depressing because you were talking about how it's kind of like a timeless movie. And I was thinking about it and I was thinking the only thing that will make that movie end up feeling dated and kind of unrelevant is like police brutality actually ending. Hmm. Yeah. And stuff like and that. that. Until that ends, that movie's relevant. And I'm just like, oh, that man. That is actually kind of sad. Yeah. Honestly. Like, that could be forever. <laughs> like, it, that's a real possibility. It could be forever. That's true. Thanks yeah. for depressing the fuck out of me. <sighs> man. Well, thanks for Justin, that. Justin, can well, you lighten for- it up? <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that. Um, man, like, gosh, they're just. Uh, so many, but you know what I think would just be so much fun to make. I would love to be one of those uh, uh, characters in the Jumanji movies, the new oh, ones. That's good <laughs> with the with the Rock. I mean, I just Dude, think that that would yes. be so much fun like that that and that's a few of my favorite things i mean i'm an uh you know a gaming fanatic but at the same time i would get to work with the rock i would get to be on set with kevin hart i would get to be on set with jack black and aquafina and all of them and if i could be one of those characters like somebody with the stats and running around and you know having to pretend to be a teenager but i'm this avatar guy I think that that would just be so much fun to be a part of. So that is definitely one where I would love to be um, an extra character in that film. I just think that would be hilarious. I'll just be laughing nonstop. And then I could ask the rock questions about wrestling. You know, we could have some wrestling talks. That'd be awesome. I'd love to be on that set. That's a good one. That would be so much fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then another one too that I that I just had in mind. Imagine being part of the cast in Knives Out. How much fun that would be! Like, Ooh. I just watched that again see, last night. And I would I'm like, I would feel movie. intimidated with that cast. You it would kind of be intimidated, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. 
I could only yeah. be Trooper Wagner. That is the only person I could be in that movie. <laughs> Where he's just like starstruck by the guy. Like, that's the only person I could be. Man, I hadn't even thought that far about who I could be. Maybe like if there was another cop there, like another rookie cop. And maybe uh, mm-hmm. Daniel Craig's character was kind of having both of them were involved. So, like, I could kind of be like kind of like that side kick or whatever to Lakeith Stanfield's character and everything. Maybe something like that where I'm like there and asking questions and getting to interact with different members of the cast. That would be kind of cool. But, yeah, I get where Sterling's coming from. That would be an intimidating cast. You got a lot of talent <laughs> On that a lot of cast, star power so. there. Yeah, that's a lot of star power for sure. I mean, I think it would be fun to play a zombie in like any of these zombie movies, like just being an anonymous zombie. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, I would just want to be one of those zombies that like gets killed in a memorable way or that just has a memorable thing to them in a scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would just want to be one of those. But yeah, I think it'd be fun to be a zombie in a movie. That's true. That and could to get, be fun. And to get made up and get all the makeup done and see how you look, that would be cool. See your little flesh, fleshy version of yourself. That'd be pretty badass, <laughs> dude. That's a good idea. That's a good one. All right, Heather, what's your next question? Um, well, I mean, this is just a, I mean, I have some non film related ones, but this is just a quick one I was um, thinking of is who would you want to play you in the movie of your life? Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> How did I know you were going to say that, though? Like, for real? <laughs> I knew. You're, you would probably say that or Naomi Scott, one of the two. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just, I would, I would want Lakeith Stanfield. That's just, I'd want him. <laughs> just no question. <laughs> nice. Just that is the only option. Yep. I mean, I get it because he's great, but that's funny. I mean, if he was younger, I'd say Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart. But he's a very old man now. <laughs> um, so it'd have to be like Keith Stanfield. Those are the only two. Just give him a bald head and then we're all set. No, nah, he can keep his hair. <laughs> he doesn't even have to look anything like you. Just nope. let him do his thing. Exactly. Just let him do his thing. And I'd be like, yep, nailed it. <laughs> he probably would, honestly. <laughs> um, I guess for me, that's funny because I'm going to pick another black actor. That's so that's now we have two black actors on the board. But uh, for me, I, I don't know. I think. If it was going to be a story about my life, you you would need somebody who to do the physical scenes for wrestling. You would need somebody who could just convey all the 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 different emotions there and stuff like that. So I don't know. The first actor that comes to mind is probably somebody like Michael B. Jordan. I think he would have the tools to be able to do that aspect of it but at the same time he'd be able to do the acting aspect of it too whatever that is so i think that he would be a solid choice if there was a movie about my life for those reasons yeah i think him i I go with him nice i'm kind of torn like part of me would say i would like julia styles to do it because i love her and she can do anything but I might also do Emma Stone. I think she would be really great, too, because I also love her. So I think either of those I would choose. Or Lakeith Stanfield, because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you could have said Naomi Scott. I almost did just to mess with you. But, you know, nobody would believe that. So 
No, I'm I'm I can't get mad at that decision. I'm I love some Emma Stone, so I'm all for that. All right, Sterling, you're up. All right, now mine are going away from movies and stuff like that. This is going to seem really crazy, but I love these stories. What is your worst restaurant experience? Ooh, man, that's a good one. I mean, so I don't, I don't, I don't really feel like I have a lot of bad restaurant experiences, but one where I feel like the food there was not great, and I don't know how it happened, but um, <laughs> I went to Chili's one time. And the funny thing is, like, okay, so my go-to meal at Chili's was the um, the chicken tenders that they have. And I would always get it with, like, the loaded mashed potatoes and all that stuff. And somehow, I don't know how it happened, but I got it. And instead of getting the loaded mashed potatoes, what I got was um, the the cinnamon apple sauce stuff that they give. With the loaded mashed potatoes toppings on top of it, I have no idea how that happened. But I just like I put my spoon in it, and I was like, "What is this?" And it was definitely just cinnamon apple with the, you know, loaded potato um, condiments on top. And it was so weird, and it was just a very odd thing. And I don't know how it happened. So I wouldn't say I've had like terrible server experiences so much as just that was the most random mix up with my food that I've ever had happen. No, I have to ask, did you eat it? Did you try it? <laughs> you know, I didn't because it did not sound appealing. I just kind of like put my spoon in and I was like, this is not at all any form of potato. I don't know what this is. So I just kind of was like, oh, what is this? So no, I did not try it. See, as weird as this may sound, I think that that would actually work. Because Cinnamon I'm just thinking apple about it. with baked potato. With butter or bacon. Yes cheese and like sour cream typically those are your loaded baked potato toppings uh-huh. i don't see anything that in that that wouldn't work i mean cheese on cinnamon apples works because i put cheese on my apple pie anyway hmm. so i already know that's a go bacon and <laughs> apples like cinnamon apples works great like cinnamon bacon like a candied bacon but with apples that would work uh, interesting butter and all that yeah of course that's gonna work and then like the sour cream would be the one that might be a little weird But if you think of something like a cream cheese and apple Danish, it's going to be along the same lines, but a slightly different flavor profile from the sour cream. I just, that actually sounds really good. (laughs) Somehow I feel like you were actually the server that put it there to see like if you could experiment on people with that. (laughs) No, I'm I'm not going to lie. I want to try that now. I mean, I just, I don't see anything about it that would actually not work. Now, don't get me wrong. It could not work at all, but. In my mind. I mean, you should give it a go. I don't see I don't see how that wouldn't work. Yeah. Let me know if you do that, because then you can tell me if it's worth. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't an actual mistake and they were just trying to make my life better. You know, I don't know. I just I think that sounds amazing. OK. And I'm going to be sad until I get to try that. <laughs> well, I guess my worst experience might be Sterling's best at some point. So there you go. <laughs> um, definitely for me that it, it's um. It's a restaurant that was uh, here in Midland for quite some time, Logan's Roadhouse. And uh, I believe last year, 
it shut down completely. And I was so happy to hear that because after I'd had an ex- a bad experience there, I never went back. And I guess it was really just one of those, which Logan's is just kind of your basic steakhouse. You know, it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's mainly just American style food, different cuts of steak, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's just your typical, t- you know, out in the country, Texas setting. So it's it's not uh, anything out of the ordinary or special. It's not like I was going to order something extravagant or foreign that I hadn't had and didn't like it or anything like that. It was just one of those situations where you go to a place you're familiar to, but for some reason, uh, the experience starts bad and then it's just almost like a, a, a snowball rolling downhill and it just becomes a boulder. Like it's just, that's just what the experiment uh, experience was because I remember on this particular Sunday, I was eating with my family there. And my dad had picked it because it used to kind of be his go to for like Father's Day or birthday or whatever. So he would always pick Logan. So that's where we would go eat. And this actually soured him on Logan's and Logan's was like his favorite restaurant. But it was just one of those days where we got there. It wasn't even really that busy. Like we're looking around. You don't see very many tables feel, but it took quite a while for us to be seated. So then finally we get seated and they said, okay, the, the waiter or waitress will be with you shortly. And I forget if it was a guy or a gal, but it took them forever to come to our table. So we sat there for what had to be almost a half hour, no drinks, no anything. Nobody came to check on us. And it was just one of those things where finally somebody came and they said, oh, sorry, there was some miscommunication, something like that. So we're like, "Okay, okay, you know, shit happens. So then we order our food and everything like that. And um it's just taking a long time. And then, of course, the food comes out and they forgot my order. So they were like, oh, well, um, I, I, he, the guy was like, oh, I may, or I can't remember who it was, but he was like, man, I looked around and I, I'm not really sure where your plate is. So let me go uh, back there and check. <laughs> and I'd ordered salmon. And so, see, it was just one of those times where you just take every bad experience and just add it up. So, like. He went back to check and he said, oh, well, it doesn't look like it was cooked. So I'm sorry, you're going to have to wait, everything like that. Finally brings it out and the salmon just tasted terrible. Like it it was unlike. I mean, that's the worst salmon I've ever had. And I and nor and typically when I go to a, a restaurant, you know, I, if they have salmon, nines out of tens, I've tried it. And that really was just the worst. I mean, I couldn't even eat another bite of it. Like I, I've been into it and it was so gross. And I was like, look, um, just and by that time, my pet, my folks had finished eating and I was like, look, just don't worry about it. Just <laughs> do, do I have to get charged for this? And he was like, no, sir, we'll see that um, you, you, you don't get charged. And there were several times where um, my folks or, you know, me and my folks, we were trying to wait, wait, wait for him to come and get refills. And he wasn't really good at that either. And it, it was just one of those where nothing went right. And we didn't go back since. And then like a year later, we read in the paper or something that they were shut down for good just due to lack of business and stuff like that. So apparently we weren't (laughs) the only ones.
<laughs> right. Yeah. Um, for me, it's like a weird combination of two different ones. Um, one of them was going to an Applebee's and we went to Applebee's and I ordered the fish and chips and, uh, my fiance at the time, she ordered like a, like a quesadilla burger or something like that. You know, it's a, a burger, but instead of buns, it's quesadilla and shit. We order our food and everything. And then he comes and brings out the food and he just brings mine. It's just my fish and chips. And he just walks away. Nobody says anything. They just bring my food and they walk away. We're like, well, that's a little weird. Typically, they're like, oh, yours. Well, you know, typically they'll turn to whoever and be like, oh, yours is you'd be out in a little bit. All this other stuff and nothing. We're sitting there. We're sitting there and sitting there. And we finally we flagged down the waiter. We're like, hey, you know, where's her food? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Let me go check. He goes and checks on it and comes back. And he's like, oh, yeah, for whatever reason, they didn't, you know, the order wasn't put in. And all I'm thinking is I've worked in the restaurant industry long enough to where if the order wasn't put in, there's only one person you can blame. You can't blame like the kitchen for the order <laughs> yeah. not getting put in. And he's like, but it's in, we'll get it out. And I'm like, okay. And like, I, I, I don't really want to eat my food. Like, so we kind of like split the fries a little bit, you know, but then they bring out her food and it's just garbage. It was just a garbage burger. You know, it's Applebee's, whatever. But then like by that time too, like my fish was cold, you know? You know, like by not being rude and now my food's cold and they gave zero fucks about that. But they were like, you know what? It's our mess up. You know, um, we won't charge you for this and all this other stuff. Like they were going to charge for mine, but not hers. And I'm like, you know what? That's that's fair. Whatever. And but like the managers walking around and the managers talking to all these tables like around us, like going to table to table, the managers walking by. And the, the, like when it's like our tables turn, the like manager just looks at us and walks away. Does it talk to us? nothing wow and then then they bring us the bill and everything's still on the bill like 100 percent of the food is still on the bill <laughs> damn and like at that point like i'm a very understanding person because i've wa- worked in the restaurant industry for so long i was like you know what fuck this and we just paid and i tipped the guy and i left like i didn't take out too much on the server like i tip really well and that's what kind of sucks sometimes is for me a bad tip is still for most servers a good tip. So I don't feel like I necessarily like help them learn if they fuck up as a server. But like, it was just like, fuck that. I'm never eating Applebee's again. Um, and another just weird experience is really kind of short was the first time I ever had Lou Malnati's up here, uh, like famous Chicago style deep dish pizza. And same, I went there with my, my fiance and everything. And we went there and it's just us. We order our pizza. And we know it, it's going to take a lot, a while. Because when you get a pizza in there, it takes like 40 minutes or something for the pizza. You know, it's a big pizza. It's like they're making the pizza and everything. And, you know, and we're like, oh, let's get some let's get some drinks, you know, like some cocktails, stuff like that. And the waitress comes and we're like, yeah, we were thinking about ordering some cocktails. And she was like, oh, yeah, yeah. What do you want? And, you know, my fiance gave her order. And then the waitress just walked away from us. And I was like, oh, I guess I didn't want to drink. And comes back, puts the drink down, and I was I was gonna order my drink then. And then she just walks away again. And pretty much like the whole time we were there, that waitress would just come and talk to my fiance and then leave. It's like she would never address me the whole time. And I'm just like, this is so weird. She was treating me like I was her ex-boyfriend or and I was on a date with another woman and she's having to wait on me. That's how she was treating me. And I had never seen this woman before in my life. <laughs> I had no idea who she was. To this day, I can't even tell you her name or anything. 
But like she was treating me like I was the biggest, most gigantic asshole in the world. Like I didn't get, I didn't outside of like the iced tea I ordered. I didn't order any other drinks like adult beverages, like cocktails, which is what you want from a table because those are more expensive. Therefore, the bill's higher, which means you're going to be getting more of a tip. I didn't get any of that. Like I literally just got the iced tea and the pizza and that was it. But Amy was able to get a couple of drinks because like every time she'd come by, like Amy would be like, oh, I want another one. And, and as soon as she would say, and like the lady would walk away and just would have nothing to do with me the entire time. It was just super weird. Wow. But I didn't hold it against that place because that pizza was damn delicious. So I still get it. It did remind me of another time real quick where I, um, I was meeting some friends. I used to work at a restaurant um, in the suburbs here where I live and I had some friends meeting me just to hang out after I got off work. And um, actually, I don't even think I was working that day. I think it's just where I work. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's just go here, whatever. Like, we know it's open late. We can go. And so we went in. And I guess we came in around the time that the lady who was our server's shift was like about to end or something. And she was super like rude the whole time. And she knew me because I work with her. And it was just like, she was so annoyed that we came in when we did. And, um, and I'm like, well, I mean, they're still going to be open. So it's not like we were coming right as they were closing or anything. I think it's just when she was about to leave and they, um, so we ordered all of our food and she's like taking it. She's not looking at anybody or saying a word. And when she's bringing our like food and our appetizers and stuff, she's like slamming plates and drinks on the table like just visibly just very upset about it. And I'm like, I work with this lady. This is super weird. So yeah, it was super crazy. Like I never spoke to her about it or anything, but I was just like, dude, like (laughs) you're working right now. And like, it's not like we're going to know when your shift is up. Like we're just coming in and trying to, I mean, it was a group of maybe like eight or 10 people. So it was a big party, which I get, but it was late enough to where it wasn't really busy. You know what I mean? So it was just very odd that she was that just visibly rude to us. And she knew me, you know, it was just, it was very odd. So I do, I just thought of that when you guys were talking, but yeah, that was another not great experience from a place that I worked at. So my, oh my, what did you do to that poor woman? (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty picky. So, you know. All right, Justin, your turn. Yeah. I was about to say, I think it's my turn again. Um, okay. Now, this one will be a trip, another trip down memory lane. Um, do you remember what your first date movie was and what you watched? And was it a good experience? And if you can't remember your first one, then what's your earliest date movie? Do you remember? Into? I remember mine. It's nice. Coyote Ugly. Huh. Coyote Ugly. Hmm. And that was not a good experience because it was the movie Coyote Ugly. <laughs> I was about to say, did you like that? <laughs> I mean, it's hit or miss Piper for Pebbolo. you. It's hit or miss for you. Like you could have liked it or you could have hated it. I liked Piper Pebbolo. And that was about it. I guess the bad thing was, is I liked her more than my date. So say, say what you will about that. Um, but yeah, that would be it. That'd be my first one. I mean, it was just uneventful. We were like young. So we just ended up going to the movie with like, I think another couple or something. And then my parents picked me up right afterwards. Cause my parents were the type, like, especially then to where they knew what time the movie was getting out. So like I had like 10 minutes from when the movie got out to be outside in the car. So it was uneventful. It was just coyote ugly. Yeah. My um, first date experience at the movies was actually my first date that I ever had, which um, 
I didn't actually know at the time was a date because <laughs> it was more of like a, hey, let's just go hang out and whatever. And he was like a super big like movie person and he worked at some like uh, indie film theater in the area or something. So he like he was just like, oh, yeah, I happen to have these tickets if you want to go because, he knew I liked movies. And then um, it ended up being where it was like, oh, we're not actually going to go to this theater. We're just going to do a normal one. You know, like just basically was it became a date. And I was like, oh, OK, that's what's happening. So it was interesting. <laughs> but the movie we went to go see. Uh, not a date movie, but it was The Last King of Scotland, if you guys remember that movie, with James McAvoy and Forrest Whitaker. That is not a movie you go to on yeah. a date. Yeah, correct. that is definitely not a date movie. That is correct, <laughs> yes. And I was like, um, like, I knew what the movie was about, but I mean, you're watching it and you're like, hmm, well, this is violent and sad and disturbing in some ways so this is odd <laughs> like but he was also very like very specific about the types of movies that he wanted to watch um it was almost like i didn't really like have a say i mean he was like oh we can watch whatever but this one would be good like where he really just wanted to watch what he wanted to watch <laughs> but it, it's a good movie but i was like for a date it wasn't necessarily super great so it was it was an interesting experience and i was like Oh, okay. So this is what we're watching. Cool. So that was uh, that was my first date movie. Like that's a movie you have to be in a relationship to go see. Yeah, it was weird. Like you got to be together for some like months, <laughs> if not years. Yeah. To go see that movie, you can't just go. Hey, first date, last king of Scotland. We're going all in. Yeah, it was it was interesting. <laughs> I'll say that much. And I think he kind of slightly apologized because he's like, yeah, I didn't really know specifics about what they were going to show and not show in this movie. So my bad. <laughs> and I was like, it's fine, I guess. But it was just um, an interesting choice for a date movie. Yeah, that's a mood killer. <laughs> Especially because I didn't know, like, initially going into the night that it was a date. I didn't find that out till later on. Like, you think I would know, but it was just like the way he approached it made it seem like it was just like, a, oh, yeah, it happens to be this. And then it slowly became like a date that I didn't know I was about to go on <laughs> until I was like in the car going on it. And I was like, oh, I see what's happening here. So, yeah, not knowing that it was a date and then that being the movie choice. I was like, this is an interesting uh, combination. So, <laughs> man, well, mine uh, is it definitely was a bad experience and it's probably why I will never do like a blind date type of situation again. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it was just, uh, uh, the, one of my, uh, aunts, uh, I guess had, had known this girl and this was like, and I, and I never really like, I wasn't one to take dates to the movies. I really wasn't into movies like growing up. I really kind of got more into movies like like watching different movies and stuff like that. It really a lot of that came later. I mean, other than just like, you know, stuff I was told to watch or stuff like that growing up. But then there was kind of this period where I really wasn't watching movies much at all. And I was just kind of going to school and everything like that. And I just remember in high school, I forget 
forget. I want to say this was either junior or senior year. But my aunt said, hey, there's this girl that I want you to meet. I think that you guys will really click. I mean, basically, she's just like you, except she's a female, blah, blah, blah. And uh, my aunt just uh, wasn't the best judge of character. I don't know what she <laughs> thought I was or assumed I was. But, you know, sometimes family members will think they Make know you more up. than they do. Yeah, oh, <laughs> or they'll too. make yeah. stuff up or or I don't know, maybe she knew this girl and was kind of like, oh, you know, my, you know, my nephew and her could hit it off. Who knows? But she hyped her up like, you know, oh, y'all are going to get along and everything is going to click. And the movie that she wanted to go see was the Friday after next. And uh, <laughs> um, and so. We went to watch this, or, or, or I'm sorry, this was this might have been just out of. I, I actually I was because that came out like 2000 and so like early 2000s. So I might have been actually I might have been just out of school when this uh, started. So I was coming back and forth, uh, going to college and everything. And so she met this girl, fixed me up with her. So yeah, that, that'll fix that time period. It wasn't exactly high school, but like, so we go to watch this movie and Friday after next is terrible. Like, I'm just going to say it's bad. Like I wasn't even, I, I couldn't get into any of the jokes. I wasn't, you know, everybody in the theaters just laughing. And this girl that she had fixed me up with was just having the best time laughing at every joke <laughs> and laughing loud. And she's one of those, she was one of those people that commentates during movies. And I hate that. That is like just Ooh. a big pet peeve of mine. Like, you know, a person does something and they go, oh, I know you didn't do that or, oh, man, <laughs> she better watch out or look out or, you know, those people. Talking to the movie. I, yes, I hate those people that just have to comment about every little thing that's happening or how they feel about the character or, oh, she's being played right now. I hate commentators <laughs> during movies. I don't need your commentary. This is not pro wrestling. You are not Jim <laughs> Ross. I don't need your commentary. But so it was, so it was like that. So not only did I not enjoy the movie, I wasn't laughing at anything. She just had the best time. And I'm just sitting there like, this is a nightmare. And then even after that, and then it just kind of sprinkled over because after that, we went and ate. And that's where, um, like, I believe an IHOP or something was uh, it was close by. So uh, so that's where we went and ate and we were with some friends and everything like that. And we just didn't click at all. Like we just had nothing in common. Things that she liked, <laughs> I hated and vice versa. And it was just, you know, it was one of those where you're trying to have a conversation with a person and and nobody knows what to say. So you just kind of sit there in silence and there are just these awkward pauses because neither one knows what to say and there's no chemistry and nothing is clicking so yeah it was it was a terrible terrible date and oddly enough that was one of the first girls I took to a movie because other girls that I dated there were some that I dated that we worked at the movie theater but we were always there so we never really like we always wanted to go do something else so yeah oddly enough this was my first 
movie date. And yeah, it was awful. So I hate you Friday after next. Hey, don't blame that movie because sparks didn't fly. <laughs> well, that is, it's funny how all these questions keep kind of connecting. Cause actually one of my questions was going to be, what's the worst date you've ever been on? <laughs> was that going to be yours, Justin? <laughs> Hmm, let me think about that, because there might be a worse one. <laughs> let me think. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I think that is. I, I think that is definitely the worst one that I've been on. Yeah, I, there's none. There's none worse than that. That's the one. <laughs> I mean, I guess the worst date I've ever been on. Oh, it's a tough question. I guess would be kind of similar to yours, Heather, where I didn't realize that it was supposed to be a date. Oh, so she kind of like asked you out and you didn't know that it meant that? Yeah. Like it was like, oh, oh, hey, like it was something along the lines of like, oh, hey, me and my friends are going bowling or I don't, I don't remember what activity it was. It was like, hey, so let's go, you know, like, oh, come do that with us. Under the guise of like a group hang. Yeah. And then it wasn't. And so it was just you two. And you, she was like, oh, oops, nobody else came. Yeah. She was like, oh, I guess they were meant tomorrow night. Oh, well, we're already here. And I was like, oh, okay. Smooth. Yeah. And like, I've got super bad knees, so I don't necessarily always like bowling for long periods of time. Um, That's why I do like bowling in groups of people, because then it's a lot more time between when I have to bowl. Uh, When it's just like two people, you're like constantly bowling. (laughs) And yeah, that just wreaks havoc on my knees and stuff. Um, So yeah, it was just one of those things that like ended up like that. And you know she was dressed a lot nicer than i was too so then i ended up feeling bad about that but then i'm like i didn't know (laughs) and just in general like so it just it was like a bunch of stuff that i wouldn't have done like on a date you know what i mean like especially not at that point in like in a relationship or like in the dating period or anything like that you know it was like that and then uh yeah she was like oh you want to go get like food now and i was just like nope Did you say that? Just like that? Like, no, I'm good. I was just like, no, nah, I got to get home. <laughs> oh, so you clearly were just not into her at all. Got it. I mean, I think part of it was, like I said, it was just like. Threw you off. Well, yeah. Like, if it was like probably a different date or something, maybe it would have been better. You know? But she was like, that was just a bad time for me. Like, my knees are hurting. You're not even getting to talk because it's like when you're not bowling, the other one person is bowling. Like, so you're not even really getting to talk. Like, the only time you get to talk is, like, in between, like, games or, like, when you're waiting for the ball to come up through the little thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and just in general. And then, so, like, when my knees are kind of hurting and all this other shit, you're just like, eh, I'm done. Like, you're just kind of done, you know? And I think that pissed her off because then she didn't want to hang out anymore. I'm like, well, we could have gone on a better date, I guess. But you didn't want that opportunity. So, fuck (laughs) that noise. Oh, my. Okay, I thought of I, I thought of another one. And yes, this is this is probably worse. I can't believe okay. I forgot. I almost forgot this one. But okay, so uh this was a uh a, a girl that I worked with and she was um at this time she I had been at the job for a little bit and she had just got hired and that's kind of how we uh met because I was part of the people kind of helping to uh train some of the other agents and this was at a call center so um even though we were the same level since I had been there uh longer I was uh helping some of the beginning um 
people learn how to take calls and stuff like that. So I was kind of part of the training for a little bit. So that's how I met her. And I mean, this girl, like she was, uh, and I mean, I really wanted this to work and I'm just sad that it did it, but because I really thought that she was very beautiful. She seemed really nice. We seemed, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those where we met each other and instantly there was kind of like this attraction thing. And it just seemed like a good thing, you know, and, and I remember, remember walking away from the interaction and going, man, you know, uh, I, I really like her. I wonder if she's single. And it was one of those things where she had a friend who was also uh, working the job, too. Next thing I know, like at, at during my lunch break, her friend comes up to me and she's like, hey, my friend wants to know if you're interested in her. So this was like all just clicking at the beginning. And I was like, uh, yeah. So <laughs> that's how we uh, wound up uh, deciding to go on a date together. So it was all just kind of working without really almost effortlessly it was just kind of working out so we're going and we're on this date and we um and and we had had a couple of conversations before that and um and I kind of surprised her like uh she was talking about some of her favorite places to go eat and she had named a restaurant that she really likes more than any other restaurant so when I picked her up uh I didn't tell her where we were going and then we drive up to that restaurant so you know I was listening when we had our few conversations kind of surprised with that she was like oh it's my favorite place and so it was just going great so we're sitting there and we're talking and it seems like everything is clicking and then um she and she I guess she noticed that um when I ordered my drinks I didn't order like any alcohol so she didn't order any alcohol so at the time I didn't realize that she wanted alcohol but that's why she didn't order it because I didn't and we hadn't really discussed whether I drank or not or anything like that so she was like um I'm just wondering why you didn't order any alcohol and I was like oh um yeah that's something that we haven't talked about yet well actually I don't drink or smoke and I haven't for really a long time probably not since like uh, high school since I've even tried alcohol or anything like that and I have never smoked in my life and she was like what you don't drink like at all and you could just see the expression on her face change and it was almost like there was this disgust that who oh, no. that that I didn't drink. And so then what started as a great date just suddenly turned into 20 questions of her asking me, well, would you drink in this situation? What if you were in this situation and your partner (laughs) really wanted you to drink? Would you do it then? Or what if you and her were getting married? And so, you know, you had to have the, the toast where everybody toasts and drinks. Would you drink for just that one occasion? And that's what it became. It just became all these questions about, well, would you drink in this situation or would you drink in that situation? And she, you know, she was like, well, I mean, what if your wife or whoever it is just really, really wanted you to have a drink? What if they had gotten a big promotion and everything and they just really wanted you to celebrate? You wouldn't just let off of that one time to enjoy a drink. And I was like, well, if 
And I was kind of like, I kind of reversed it on her. I was like, well, I think that if this person really cared about me and respected me, they wouldn't make me do this. You know, I just, you know, I was like, I just don't think that person would make me do something like this. And she was like, oh, okay. And she just totally shut off from me. Like the rest of the date, it was hard to get her to talk. She wasn't engaged. It was like, that was a deal breaker, you know, and and for her. And so uh, she just was very just non-responsive, didn't even thank me for paying for the meal or anything like that, you know. Yeah. And then when I dropped her off, the the car ride was just almost silenced the whole time. And yeah, needless to say, uh, we didn't really talk to each other much after that. Just a high in the by in the hallways and stuff like that. And yeah, man. But yeah, she just totally was like, oh, you don't drink. Well. I don't want to have anything to do with you. And so, yeah, oddly enough, that is the uh, I I didn't realize that that was such a deal breaker. So, yeah, that was uh, definitely one of my worst for sure. Justin went on a date with an alcoholic is what I'm hearing. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But no, like people can get weird about that kind of thing. Like I remember like before I was really, you know, big into drinking. I mean, you know, and I was just even like telling this guy one time, I was like, yeah, like I've never been drunk before. And, you know, and he was just like, what? You've never been drunk. Oh, it's the best. Like that kind of thing. And I was just like, and I think that might've been a deal breaker for him too, that like, I didn't drink enough for him to, for me to like ever be drunk. And it really was weird to him. And like, yeah, it was a super like turnoff or something. Yeah. People get weird about that kind of thing. Hmm. All right, okay. I disagree with him. Being drunk is not the best. <laughs> okay. Getting drunk is fun. Getting drunk? Uh, okay. Okay. So yes. it's the, Getting drunk it's the is journey. Fun. It's not the destination. <laughs> exactly. Once you're like, if you're drunk, drunk, like if you're wasted, that's not really fun. It's not fun being wasted. You don't really remember much. You're all dizzy and disoriented and all this other stuff. And if you get sick, like that's not fun. But getting drunk's fun as fuck. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, people can be very I don't know if maybe it's just the idea of like what I've seen with people before, just in like people that I know is it can make them feel like, you know, like you're you're too good for them if they feel like you don't do those same things as them. You know what I mean? I don't know. But yeah, it's a thing. People get weird about it. Yeah, I mean, I get it, though. And I've heard that, too, like, you know, like she's probably just thinking about social situations. And if she's always wanted to drink socially and you don't, then it looks bad. She she it looks bad or she's going to feel bad or, you know, you don't want to feel bad that you're drinking. And that's why uh, you want to be around other people that do and don't, (laughs) you know, and don't feel bad about it. So I guess if there is a person constantly there not. Even if I don't care, I guess psychologically she would care. So I I don't know. I guess that that is a thing. And I've been in situations where we've all been together and everybody's been drinking but me. And there have been times where people are like, man, I don't like that you don't, you know, they get drunk and then they tell the truth. And they're like, Jason, I don't like that you don't drink, man. I don't like it. I don't like it. I feel like I feel bad. And, you know, I've heard that before. (laughs) 
Well, man, that's a, that's their own shit. Because you know what? I've never had a problem doing <laughs> drinking in front of you. I know yeah, you we never did have. That when you, which when is you why came to I visit. appreciate you. Yeah. When you came to visit, we all went and like we we had drinks. We went and you to a didn't. bar. Yeah, and you were just like, "I'm good. I'll drink whatever." But like, you didn't drink alcohol, but you were still able to go, and you wanted to go. And as far as I know, still had a good time, like just hanging out. So yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a thing people can do is you know still have fun and not drink and still have other people around them drink. So yeah, like I've never had a problem drinking in front of you. I've never had a problem smoking my cigarettes in front of you. Which I guess that thing I should have a little bit more of a problem with, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, you just Let's don't. Be real. But 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 that's at least what I appreciate about you. You've never like giving me shit about that and why should you why does it matter as long as you're enjoying yourself and as long as i'm not one of those people well you know that 90 percent of people that drink if i was one of those people i could definitely understand but dude i'm pretty cool i'm pr- i'm probably the coolest non-drinking person to be around because i don't <laughs> care you know i really don't so yeah but except on straight edge day you're annoying on straight edge day <laughs> oh come on you're annoying you attack me <laughs> on my straight edge anniversary you attack <laughs> hey because that's international annoy justin day <laughs> he's so excited Don't you have like a the, like a reminder that pops up or something i think you said that yes oh it's in my calendar yeah i knew it was justin's uh, straight edge day before Justin realized it last year. Yeah, he did. He already did. Troll Justin day, basically. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this son of a bitch hasn't marked. He, he can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that's the thing is even if you were that kind of guy that's like 90% of people that drink do this, I'd be like, all right, cool. Let's see if I do that then. <laughs> We're going to put that to a scientific yep. test right the fuck <laughs> Let's now. Let's put that to the test. <laughs> oh, that's what, but that's what I appreciate about y'all, like you and Devin and people like that. Because, like, you know, it's whatever. It, it doesn't really matter, I think. But I think sometimes people make it matter more than it does on both sides of that. Because there are non-drinkers that I'm sure are annoying. But, I, but, you know, I try not to be one of those people. But, you know whatever but yeah i was really sad though she was beautiful guys like she was like a dream girl and i just wish it would have worked it should have and it didn't and i'm mad about that that is a bummer all right time for the next question um all right guys yeah that was yours wasn't it heather um no i mean it was one of mine but i was gonna go with another one um no, I thought you, I thought you had asked what the worst date was. Yeah, I did ask it. I, I thought didn't, that was your question. Yeah, I, but I didn't answer it yet. <laughs> um, oh shit, my bad. Well, it, it mixed I, in it, with the we other on one. Yeah, that's fine. No, yes. mine was like years ago when I was doing online dating. There was a guy that I met up with, and for one, he had no volume control. So literally everything he said was so loud to where like all the tables around (laughs) us could hear him talking. And that was (laughs) really weird to me. Like it didn't matter what the conversation was. He was the same volume and it was just very weird. And he also um, talked at length about how he was still good friends with his ex and uh, um, proceeded to show me pictures on his phone. (laughs) I was like, great. Okay, cool. You're really close with her still. That's great. And um, just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also didn't 
pay for dinner. So he was like, oh, yeah, we should probably split this, huh? Like, <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. And um, it was just like a really awkward thing. And like, so I went um, like right before we left, like I think we, we had paid and everything already, but I was just like going to run to like the restroom. And so I left my purse there because he was still there. I didn't want to like take it with me and whatever. So um, I go and then he decides he's going to go at the same time. So completely just like left our table and left my purse there by itself. It's like, oh, okay. Um, it's almost like he just wasn't picking up on anything that was happening <laughs> around him. And yeah, and so then like we get back and my purse is gone. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. And um, the waiter, oh. I guess, or one of the waiters had found it and like he ran out because he thought we left. So he ran out and tried to, run, to try and find me. And then they realized that, that we were still there. And he's like, oh, okay, good. I thought you left without it. So my purse is <laughs> fine. But I was just like, if he saw me going, why would he like go at the same time and just like leave my stuff there? Like it was just very weird to me. I don't know. <laughs> it was, needless to say, a really awkward time. So that. That was mine. The end. No, I get that. I mean, although the whole paying thing, I sometimes get. I do think it's slightly unfair that men are always expected to pay. No, and I'm totally somebody that, like, I never mind paying. Like, if I go on dates, like, I'm totally sometimes, like, totally cool with, hey, you know, I'll pay this time, whatever. But he was like, hey, would you like to go out with me? Like, let's go here, you know, like that kind of thing. I guess it was just, like, it just made it seem like he was going to. Um, I guess it wasn't ever really talked about, but it was just a very clear, like, he wasn't even going to attempt it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like, oh, we should split this then, right? Like, <laughs> and I guess, like, at least he didn't make me pay for both of us or something. But, and, you know, like, and I'm not somebody that feels like a guy should always have to pay. I'm not like that at all. But it just the way that it was set up and, like, how he asked and everything, I guess I just assumed that. And maybe that was on me. But it, it just the way that he kind of almost very abruptly made it clear that he was not paying. It was more the issue. <laughs> I don't know. No, I get that. Yeah, I get that too. And like, you know, normally if, if, if I'm the one, you know, if it's a dating thing and I'm asking you out and it's an online uh, dating and I'm trying to, you know, show that I want this to continue, you know, I'm going to, I, I'm, I'm going to pay for it. But, but, you know, I've been with, uh, the, and there's been some girls that feel different about that. You know, there was this one girl I dated and like for a while and she liked to alternate, you know, she'd pay this time. I'd pay the next time and they're, you know, alternate yeah. or sometimes we would split or she go, Oh, I'll get my own ticket this time. You know, she was just like, yeah, that's that. how I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I could see both ways, but normally if like, if it's a first date, I'm, I'm trying to impress. So I'm like really trying, but <laughs> you know, I guess not everybody. <laughs> Shoot. He, he left your purse there. <laughs> it was, it was rough. I was like, this is the most awkward time I've ever had in my life. It was so bad. Yeah. So you're saying it was more awkward than the last King of Scotland. <laughs> it was because at least I knew that guy and I was at least friends with that guy. So it made it less awkward that I actually knew him and could have a conversation without like it being weird. And let me talk about my ex the whole time at a very loud volume all the time. <laughs> my oh my. All right. So now is it time for the next question? Yes. Go for it. 
All right. Now I now I'm on the right time. Um what is your uh what is your like weirdest food like? Like what's a food or a combination of foods or something like that that you like that other people might find weird? Does anybody do cheese and almond butter? Oh, I've never heard of I've that. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Like I have as these a little spread? Like, yeah. Like almond butter like, as a spread on cheese? Like basically, like I have, I, I buy these cheese, you know, you can buy the little cheese blocks or you can buy like bars, like little bars of cheese are like individually wrapped, like just, you know, mm-hmm. cheddar bars or whatever. You can just sit there and snack on them. They're like snacks. Well, I will have almond butter. And I will dip the the little cheese blocks or the bars into the almond butter and I'll eat them and I'll uh, eat it. And I actually like it. And I tried it one time just mm. randomly like, oh, this is going to be gross. And I ate it and I was like, what? It's good. And so now I do it all the time. <laughs> and I think huh. it might be weird because I've never heard of it before, but I do it. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah, I've never heard of anybody doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. Interesting. I knew it was weird. See, I knew it was weird. And I'm adventurous with food, and that's a little weird. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think, I mean, I guess mine, I'm kind of a plain eater. Like, I don't eat a lot of, like, super crazy things. Um, I guess maybe one that people would find maybe weird is I like to eat celery with blue cheese. Like, when I used to go to Chili's all the time as a little, like, they, they give you the basket of, you know, celery and carrots and stuff like that with your food. Um, I would dip the celery in blue cheese and I think it was good. So that's one. And I do also like to mix. Um, I know I, I'm pretty sure one of you is going to get upset at me at this one. Um, when I'm eating fries, sometimes I like to dip both ranch and ketchup. Ew. <laughs> I knew mm. you were going to say that, Ew. but mm. it's a good, it tastes good. I think it tastes good. So a little bit nope. of ranch, a little bit of ketchup, and that's like my dipping nope. sauce. A little bit of ranch, a little bit of ketchup, all gross. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't like ranch or ketchup. So yeah, I, I figured it's you like were going to be the one to be like, that's just the worst thing I've ever heard. But I mean, the celery and blue cheese isn't weird, just because I mean, traditionally that's how buffalo wings were served. You get wings, carrot, carrot celery, and blue cheese. Okay, good. So that's not too terribly weird. Okay, good because it's delicious. Honestly, um, <laughs> yeah. For me, a lot of people do think my apple pie with cheese is weird. And it's not. It's it, it, there's big parts of this country where that's not weird. Yeah, I've never um, had that before, but I keep hearing huh. it's pretty good. Me neither. And it it is technically illegal in the state of Wisconsin to serve a slice of apple pie without cheese on it. Now you're never going to get arrested or a ticket or anything for that, but I'm just saying it's one of those weird laws that's in place. But it's technically illegal. Um, but outside of that, I really love peanut butter and pickles. That's a very good combination. Hmm. Um, I will put pickles on a grilled cheese sandwich. That's super good. Uh, I do sometimes like ordering a cheese pizza and putting pickles on that. I guess a lot of my f- weird food conversations is, or uh, my my weird food likes is me throwing pickles on shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do like those things. I kind of eat sometimes when I eat stuff like that. It's very much like a like a pregnant lady, like the stereotypical pregnant pregnant lady cravings of like <laughs> peanut butter and pickles and stuff like that. I do that. Um, I mean, outside of that. A lot of my strange foods that I like are just weird in the United States. In other countries, it's normal. Um, like, I do love blood sausage, which is exactly what it's said. It's sausage that's made out of congealed blood. Um, I do love liverwurst, which is a liver sausage. Um, 
I do like sweet breads. I do like head cheese. A lot of people don't like head cheese. I, I am a very big proponent of head cheese, which is not cheese at all. If you ever want to scar yourself, just go look up what head cheese is. <laughs> um, you know, I do love, I do like liver just in general out of an animal. Uh, I do like cow head. Cow head is very delicious. Cow tongue is also very delicious. Uh, and like I said, those are just weird here. For most Americans, a lot of that stuff is weird. But you go to other countries like Mexico or Germany and, and stuff like that, like that stuff's very common. Um, no, I just, I really like that stuff. But yeah, as far as American stuff goes, a lot of people are weirded out by my apple pie with cheese. And I think it's un-American to eat apple pie without cheese. So suck it. Yeah, those are good ones. Hmm. Hmm. All right, Justin, your turn. Okay. Um, what is your most embarrassing moment? Um, doesn't have to be X-rated, obviously, but what is the most embarrassing <laughs> moment you can remember or just, you know, a, a memorable, embarrassing moment? Hmm. I got to think on this one. Do I need to go? Oh, that's tough. That's tough for me because just it's very hard for me to get embarrassed. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's super easy for me to get embarrassed, but I try to not do things that will embarrass me. <laughs> so that's why it's hard for me. Um, one that I can think of that was kind of embarrassing is when I first moved to Illinois, um, before I had my own car, I was, and I was kind of like newer in general to driving because I had never like had a car to really drive. I just had a license. And um, my friend and I, we were hanging out at our friend's house watching a movie that got done late and then we were going back and she and I were roommates at the time so she was just like hey do you mind driving like I'm super tired and I was like yeah sure that's fine so I ended up driving and I mean I just was not a very good driver and it was like probably two o'clock in the morning and we got pulled over because I was swerving so much <laughs> that he thought that I was like drinking <laughs> And I was like so embarrassed because I was like, no, I'm honestly just like not a good driver. <laughs> like That's really <laughs> what the problem is here. And it's like really late at night and I'm tired. So it's just not helping. So it was just kind of embarrassing that, you know, a cop was like, all right, well, cool. You're kind of just like swerving a bit. So kind of keep it together. Like <laughs> it was pretty bad. So that that was pretty embarrassing for me. I don't know if I have anything, man. OK, um, it's super hard for me to get embarrassed. I mean. I used to have genital piercings and show those all the time. And I mean, to be perfectly honest, I don't really have an impressive set of genitals, but I'd still show them all the time. I mean, I just don't really care enough to like get embarrassed. <laughs> like, I just don't care. Like people's opinions of me for the most part, just don't fucking matter. I don't really care. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't really get, I mean, I'm sure maybe there was a time when I was younger, you know, like in elementary school, stuff like that. Um, but not, but not anything that you like distinctly oh, remember. Yeah, no, no. Well, maybe for you, I'll ask you, uh, like maybe your biggest screw up or something that like a big, like just a biggest huge regret. mistake, like thousands of <laughs> well, dollars I mean, of damage or something that you like messed up pretty bad. Well, irrecoverable. I mean, we, and we've talked, well, yeah, we, I mean, one of my biggest mistakes in general was uh, something we talked about uh, in our movie theater episode. Oh yeah. I ruined three different prints of star Wars, uh, revenge of the Sith. Cause for whatever reason, when that movie was playing and I was working projection, this print would get stuck in this weird way and it would end up 
catching and getting locked and it would burn the film. And so it burned the film and then it would also, we'd have to cut out the section that got damaged that got locked up. But that happened to me three different times and we'll never know why. Like, I don't know what it was about that movie. I never happened. That, that never happened to me on anything else that only happened to me on revenge of the Sith. And it happened three different times to this day. No idea. It's a curse mm. probably. Well, for me, and we're back to embarrassing for uh for me but i think this is uh one that i will never forget and i was a kid when this happened so there used to be this water park uh here in midland texas called water wonderland and uh it's no longer a water park anymore now it's just an old dilapidated piece of land or whatever but back then that was the place to go in the summer like it was fun and they had a wave pool and inner tube rides and all you know it was like a little uh just in town uh water park it was a lot of fun um so i was there with uh some family and i had this really old pair of swimming trunks like like we would like go through the same uh, swimming trunks for like we were wearing for like years and years and um, so so I just had this really old pair never got a new pair told my mom I didn't need them etc I'll just wear these same old ones I have so anyway we're going to Water Wonderland and I remember it was my, my brother and I a few cousins and then my parents and and some other people. So we're so we're there and we're in the wave pool. We're having fun and everything like that. And what I didn't notice is that I guess my um those <laughs> shorts were too old and were falling apart and everything like that. So you, so you know how like when you have your swimming trunks, uh, you have the shorts and then underneath that is like that little netted a piece for your uh, undercarriage and whatnot that's like after the swimming trunks. So like, uh, so we're playing in the wave pool and the waves are going and everything. So my cousin goes, hey, let's get out and do some of the other rides. So and I'm the last one out. So everybody gets out of the wave pool and it's my cousin, my brother, and then I'm the third uh, guy out. And whenever I come out of the wave pool, I just notice that everybody's just kind of looking at me. And I'm like, what is everybody looking at? And there were people walking by and there were people walking by. There were some kids pointing and they were and it looked like and I was turning around looking behind me like because I could it looked like they were pointing my direction. And I was like, what is everybody looking at? And I, I was trying to figure it out. And my and then my cousin goes, Justin, your shorts. And so I looked down and none of my shorts are there like the only part that was left was oh, just no. the was just like the the collar or the whatever you call it the top part of the shorts that was there so it felt like they were still on but my all but everything else the entire legs of those shorts had just been ripped off from being in the water and rubbing up against the walls and stuff like that they just completely ripped off so yeah all of my uh all of the the twig and the berries were out and you could just see everything and (laughs) i was like so yeah i'm looking around and then i look down and i'm like oh crap and so i cover myself like one of those people who like realized they were naked and then my cousin (laughs) runs over with a towel and wraps me up and yeah needless to say that was a uh 
a pretty embarrassing moment. It's one that I still have nightmares about to this day. How old were you? Man, I think I was like eight or nine, something oh, like no. that. Yeah. So traumatizing. Yeah. So, yeah. Big time uh, traumatizing moment. Yeah. My, my shorts just disappeared on me, man. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, I, I, I could see that. And like I said, I might have something like that from when I was a kid. I just don't really remember that stuff, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I see what you mean. Like, yeah, you're not one to get for as long as I've known you. You're you're not one to be embarrassed. <laughs> That's very true. I know that never happened as long as I've known you. So yeah, I believe. Yeah, I don't know. That's just yeah. I just can't really remember a time. Uh, I'll see if I can think of something while we continue on. But I just I don't really have that story because even then, like in times when some people would be embarrassed. And one of these stories is definitely not appropriate for a podcast or this podcast. At least I wasn't embarrassed. <laughs> like didn't, like, didn't matter to me. So, I mean, yeah, I just, I can't say that story here but oh, okay. for some people it would be. Um, all right, Heather, what's, what's your next question? Um, yes, this is like an either or type of question. So what is the accomplishment that you're most proud of or the biggest award that you've ever received? Um, oh, I guess biggest award I've ever received was honor honorary petty officer when I was in the Navy, nice. when I was in, uh, the cooking school, uh, I was one of two people selected to get an automatic advancement to uh petty officer. Nice. So that was kind of cool. How did you get that? By just being a badass. That sounds right. Okay. I mean, that really is all it was is I had, I, I was the honor grad for them. Because we, we were we were graded on four tests in the actual classroom portion of it. And I was the only person that didn't miss a question. This one guy missed one question. I didn't miss any. So I got honor grad over him. And then there were like three people that would be that were selected to uh, potentially get the uh, petty officer stuff. And you had to go like through, uh, before board, which was like our chief and our instructors and stuff like that. And, you know they would ask you these different questions and all this other stuff. And based on your responses and some of it was small technical stuff, like you had to say the creed and whether or not you asked them to stand for the creed or not. And it was like weird technical stuff, you know, that, that were designed to kind of slip you up and just to see how well you would pay attention and all this other stuff. Um, but yeah, okay. I got that. I was like, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Other than that, I'm kind of a slacker all the fucking time with shit. <laughs> like I was terrible in school. Like I got good enough grades. I was like, you know, honor society and all that other shit. But like, I never did my homework. Notoriously never did my homework. <laughs> um, so I would always turn it in like the last day because they, they had the, the policy was that they would actually have to take it, but they could reduce the maximum score you could get. So like I wouldn't turn in my homework and then I turn it all in on the last day and they'd be like, well, the highest you can get to 70. But then I would get a bunch of 70s. <laughs> But then my test scores would be high enough to like give me good grades because like yeah. I'm good at tests. That's that's always been my thing is I'm good at tests. So yeah, there was that. And so like that's why I never really got much stuff in school or anything like that is because I I was like the living poster child of somebody not living up to their potential. And I can't tell you how many times my parents and teachers all told me that. So that was fun. But yeah, no, that would be it. Probably the petty officer stuff and when I was in the Navy. Cool. Cool. Very cool. Um, for me, um, it, it definitely wouldn't be like a like an award or a plaque or anything like that, but definitely one of my uh, 
biggest accomplishments. Um, yeah, I think it, it would have to be wrestling related things. And there are a few of them, but I think that just uh, I guess just to not to have a wrestling conversation, but just to talk about why it's significant is because, you know, the whenever you're an up and coming wrestler and the independence and stuff like that, sometimes the the mark of whether you're good, you're actually a credible wrestler or not is if you can get in there with you know, guys who are wrestling superstars or people who've been on TV or people who, you know, have have that experience. And if you can get in there and work with them and show that you are able to have a wrestling match in that kind of environment to wrestle somebody of that caliber, then it really does put you on a it, it, you know, it puts you in a different level of 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 wrestler. You know, you're not just another guy down here just wrestling people over here, which is fine. But not everybody wants to be that. But it kind of shows that look, you maybe you do have the skills uh, to go something to do something further. And um, I've wrestled quite a few superstars, but the one that really just comes to mind, and the one that really just kind of really gave me confidence when it comes to wrestling was when I got to wrestle uh, Matt Hardy. And uh, you got to see hmm. him, Heather. You mean pro wrestlers versus zombies, Matt Hardy? <laughs> yes. That Matt Hardy? <laughs> I was about to say, yes. Heather, you saw him in, uh, <laughs> yes, pro wrestlers yeah. versus zombies. So you know, so you know who this is. Um, and uh, he wasn't kissing on his girlfriend in the back. That did not happen uh, whenever <laughs> I wrestled him. Yeah, he wasn't good. doing that yet. But that was not good. But, <laughs> but this experience is actually pretty cool because like, you know, uh, wrestling for old school wrestling, which was like this promotion uh, here in Odessa. So uh, every now and then uh, my promoter would bring in these uh, wrestlers and, you know, they have to wrestle someone. And, uh, and typically uh, my number was called quite a bit just because I had the most experience and I had a pretty solid reputation at that time. So he kind of trusted in me to, uh, be able to wrestle these guys and make sure they had a good experience because word of mouth was everything when you're an up and coming promotion. So sometimes how good a wrestler's experience was word travels. They're going to tell other superstars about their experience on the Indies and stuff like that. So it was always very important that who, whatever wrestler you brought in who used to be on TV or maybe they were just on a break from TV or in between other promotions, etc. If they had a good experience, that was good for us. That was good for our uh, little promotion because then it's easier to book other superstars for your next events, etc., etc. So I'm kind of pulling back the curtain here a little bit. Uh, so in this situation, uh, Matt Hardy was coming in and uh, I was selected uh, to wrestle him. So we were going to have this match. And the coolest thing about Matt Hardy is it's not just that I got to wrestle him, but he is just one of the nicest, most um enjoyable people to be around and he was just really a cool guy that really gave back to our promotion in this whole process because like whenever I would go to wrestle a superstar we we cut these things called promos and it's just kind of like a hype video of you know and you talk about your opponent what you're going to do and you know it's just designed to get people excited about the show and uh, hopefully sell some tickets to the show well anyway 
this particular time, I had cut a promo about Matt Hardy, and I was t- and, and at the time he was doing this um, persona where like he had this shirt, uh, th- this shirt and this slogan: "Matt Hardy will never die." You know, I can never die. And the idea is, you know, whether you know you can't kill my spirit. You know, if you knock me down, I'm gonna get up, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of like a metaphoric, inspirational thing. Well, I was the bad guy in this scenario. So what I did was I went to a graveyard and basically that's where I uh, filmed this hype video. And I was like, man, Matt, you say that you'll never die, but the truth is everybody dies and (laughs) your death, you know, and you know, the truth is everybody dies. This is proof of it. And it's an inevitable thing, Matt. And when you step into the ring with me, inevitably you're going to lose, you know, that kind of thing, you know, just hyping it up or whatever. Well, the cool thing about Matt is, is that my promoter showed him that video and he was like, well, I can't let him be the only one that makes a video. I'll make a video too. And I can actually, you, if you go to YouTube right now, you can look up Matt Hardy versus Jastin and you can find his promo video is still online. And he did it, man. He went to his little studio and he cut this edited promo talking about me and had this match and how we're going to uh, have this match and how he's excited to come uh, to this town because he's never been here before. And Jastin, I know you're a good wrestler. You know, he really put me over over in his in his video Justin you're a good wrestler I see you out here you're you're busting your tail you're trying to be good but man you're gonna run into the unstoppable force this Matt Hardy you know whatever so it was really cool they no other superstar that I've wrestled put in that kind of time put in that kind of effort to really make the match mean more than it was so I just really thought that that was special and I'll try to make the rest of this quick but on the way so on the day of the show you know and it comes time for us to be in the ring and we've got to discuss like what we're going to do in this match and everything like that and of course he's the veteran he's been on TV he's the WWE superstar so you you know you're going to follow his lead you know what I mean that that's just how this performance is going to go. So I get back there and he's like, well, what do you want to do? And so I gave him a few ideas and stuff like that. We're bouncing ideas uh, back and forth. And he goes, so I was thinking we could just go the time limit in this match. And I was like, oh, uh, well, that there, I believe the time limit's going to be about an hour time limit. And he said, yeah, I know. I guess we'll just see what happens <laughs> out there. And I had never wrestled anybody in an hour long match. And I was like, wow, he and I was like, he wants to wrestle me for an hour. And and, and beforehand, uh, the night before, he did a little seminar for me and the rest of the trainees. So he got to see me work. We got to kind of roll around a little bit. And he was like, man. And so when it came to this, he was like, yeah, man, I think we can go the distance. Uh, I saw you work the other day, and I'm confident that you can do this. And, you know, he had no reason to say that to me, man. He didn't have to like say any of those things but he didn't have to choose that he could have been like let's just go out there do a 10 or 15 minute match and then I I need to be on my flight to my next match because you know this guy has so many bookings lined up so I'm just trying to put in perspective just how 
selfless that is for him to not only say, look, I'm going to let you wrestle me for an hour, but I think that you're good enough to do this. I think that, you know, I have confidence in you as a fellow peer to be able to wrestle me, a WWE superstar to the time limit. And so we went out there, man. And to this day, that is one of the best matches that I've ever had. I mean, we just fed off of each other. We did so many things. The crowd was into it the whole time. And we wrestled for 50 minutes. And then there was a bunch of aftermath stuff that happened for the remaining 10 but like it was a great match and I remember just getting to the back end you want to talk about my stock went up like everybody came up to me after that show and was like hey Matt you know good job and then they came to me and they were like man Justin I didn't know you had that in you man and like it was just like I had won the locker room's respect that night and to this day you know we still talk every now and then he gave me his phone number and every now and then uh we still talk to each other and every time i text him or or wish him a happy birthday or just say hello or whatever the case may be he always answers back and for the time that he was in wwe i would come doing extra work or every now and then i'd be in the locker room and every time he saw me he had a hug and a smile and we would talk or he would tell me how his family's doing so he just wanted to say that's the kind of person he is. And yeah, that is one of my greatest wrestling accomplishments. That's awesome. Man, Sorry, I, I know that was long, but no, I just I'm had just to thinking, put like, it I in perspective. I should go after you because that was like super good. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, though, man. That's really cool. Man. Yeah. 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 I mean, for me, the things that come to mind for me, I would say one of my proudest accomplishments I think would be um, I'm the first person in my family that has graduated college. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of oh, that. Wow. I would say that's huge. That's yeah. Huge. I mean, there've been people that, you know, have gone to college and got associates degrees and things like that, but like a four year college experience, I'm the first one. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and and so in college also, I, uh, believe it or not, I actually was like, um, homecoming queen for the junior class. They did it by different classes. So that was kind of cool. Like, cool. I was pretty excited about that one because, you know, it's like, you feel like it's always like, oh, whoever's the most popular and all this stuff or whatever. But yeah, I uh, somehow won that. And that was kind of exciting for me. <laughs> so I guess that would probably be mine. I mean, you know, those were just really cool um, things that happened. I, I just really enjoyed college in general. I think a lot of fun, like accomplishments. And that's kind of where you start to figure out like who you want to be and things like that anyway. So um, just having like some validation in some sort of way in college was kind of cool in general. So those would be mine, which is not nearly as exciting as Jason's story at all. <laughs> but it was still pretty cool to me. So no, that's that that's pretty cool. I never got to be a homecoming king or anything like that. So yeah, that's uh it, it always felt like yeah, that was a cool experience for those people. So I can only imagine. I bet that was great. That's that's really cool. Yeah. All right, Sterling. All right. I'm going to do my last question for you guys. So I have a couple of movie related tattoos and 
I'm getting some more movie-related tattoos. Um, like, I am getting the voodoo shark that should have been in Jaws 4. Um, and I am going to get some Ghostbusters tattoos and stuff like that. Um, and if anybody doesn't know, I have Harry Potter tattoos right now, which are my forearms. Um, but if you guys were to... Like, I know both of you don't have tattoos. But if you were to get a tattoo and it was movie-related, what would it be and from what movie? Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, man. Hmm. I need a minute to think. See, man, you, you can't mean, really answer this question, Sterling, because you already, like, have the answer to this question. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is one I can't answer. I mean, I could explain, like, everybody does know about the voodoo shark tattoo. But, like, on my forearms, I do have my Harry Potter tattoos. And so what I'm going to do on the backside of my forearms is, like, I've got a Patronus on my right arm, on uh, my right forearm. So on the backside of my right forearm... uh. I'm going to kind of do the a, a same type of play as my Patronus, which has like a wand on it. I was going to get like the, the Ghostbusters wand from the Proton Pact, and it was going to have Slimer, and it's going to have like the beam kind of swirling around him, kind of like what is my Patronus on the front side, you know? So it's going to be like all bright and colorful and all that other shit. Like, but on the back with Slimer and the, the Proton Pact beam and the, the Proton Pact wand. And then on the right arm... Uh, I want to get one of the little, the, one of the hellhounds, essentially one of the demon dogs from Ghostbusters one. And this is the, the, uh, Zelensky brothers from mm-hmm. Ghostbusters two, the two brothers in the electric chair. Um, cause I can get all those very dark colors, you know? So I want to get them with one of the Gozer dogs on the backside of my arm, uh, on my right arm. Cause it's all my, my right arm's kind of all dark and grayscale. And my, or my left arm is, and my right arm is very, it has colorful tattoos. So, oh, and then on Slimer, I want to get the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man hat on Slimer. Nice. Just also give you more color in it, like, you know, tie more things together. But yes, that's my more movie related tattoos. That's, I was tempted to tell you guys this one beforehand, because I know you kind of said something earlier on my first question when you're like, oh, when I was first asked, I didn't know what to do. That's because that was the one question I told you guys beforehand to give you an opportunity to really think about your three favorite albums. This one I thought about letting you know so you could think about it because, you know, but I was like, nah, I kind of want to put them on the spot. Yeah, that's a tough question. You know what? Like, <laughs> this might be silly, but like the first thing that popped in mind for me is um, <laughs> is Knives Out again because, you know, you, I love that movie. That like chair of knives where it's like the big like crown of knives behind it. Um, that'd be kind of cool to get like on my shoulder or something. I don't know. It's kind of, it just looks cool. So I would get that. Oh, oh, that little circle thing of all yeah. the knives. Yeah. And okay. like someone sitting in it, maybe like, you know, the detective guy or something, or just the chair by itself even would be cool. So man, um, there are just so many like cool looking visuals and posters and stuff from stuff. But, uh, but for me, yeah, this would probably, this would definitely have to be something comic book for me. So I would either get probably the, 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 in the, in the civil war one, um, that shot where, um, Captain America is, um, trying to, where Iron Man is trying to shoot Captain America and he's blocking with the shield, kind of that famous, shot of them kind of struggling with each other in civil war. I think that that might make a cool, uh, tattoo. 
Um, like that might be cool on the arm or leg or something like that. But definitely if I was going to do a back piece and this was if I was crazy enough to do it, I would get the, the scene in Endgame at the end where you've got all the superheroes on this side and Thanos and the mm-hmm. Chitauri and all their minions on this side and they're running at each other to clash. That would be a badass back piece because you could have all would everybody cool. would everybody would be on there and basically they'd be running to the uh uh to the middle of your back where they're gonna clash i think that would be badass but anyway those are the that two cool. that just immediately come to mind all right next question justin let me let me see what i've got left did i go I mean, if not, we do have also the fan questions still left to go. Oh, we sure do. Yeah, actually, I think that was it for me. I think that was my last one was that one. Yeah, I had just one more quick one that I thought was kind of cool. a fun question. Um, what TV or movie character is your spirit animal? Hmm. If it helps, hmm. I can go Frankie first. Frankie Mermaid. Oh. <laughs> What'd you say? Frankie Mermaid. Oh, <laughs> I should have known you were going to say that. I already said he was. Frankie Mermaid. You're right. You did say that. And you are sticking by it, like, of all the characters ever. He's the one? Yep, Frankie Mermaid. Because <laughs> he's swimming in bitches. Oh, my. Um, Jason? Man, I'm trying to think. Uh, if you need some time, I can do mine. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and go. Yeah, I'm still considering a few, so yeah, you go. As weird as it sounds, I think mine would be um, Jesse from Pitch Perfect. Skylar Aston's character because um, I don't know, Jess, I don't know if you've seen Pitch Perfect. I assume that you have because I feel like everyone I know has seen yes. that movie. <laughs> yeah, I've um, seen it, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's just because like he geeks out so hard on movies and like the way that he talks about them and just like his like, he's super friendly but he's got like this like really warm personality about him and he like just adds the movies and stuff like that into it and I just feel like if I didn't know a person and I was just trying to like be friendly with them like I would approach them the way that he was like approaching Anna Kendrick's character and that just be like okay hey so this is what we're doing um I have all these movies let's pick one and just like how he geeks out on it and he's I don't know I just feel like I totally understand him (laughs) and how he is so I would say probably Jesse from Pitch Perfect is my spirit animal I can see that (laughs) yeah Except I can't sing like an angel like he can. That would be kind of cool if I could, though. Hmm. Man, I guess I've I've narrowed it down to a few characters, but golly, this is this is tougher than I thought it would be. Uh, I guess um, for me, one that uh, definitely comes to mind and this might be kind of random and kind of weird, but he is one of my favorite characters. But the first character that kind of comes to mind is uh, Leonardo, man. Leonardo from the, oddly enough, from from the Ninja Turtles. Oddly enough. And I don't know why he comes (laughs) to- Ralph is better. Come on, don't start that. But I guess he comes to mind just because, uh, not just because of his personality. Like, you know, he's, uh, 
he's just somebody who has a goal and he's trying to train to get towards that goal and he's focused on that and that kind of drives his um you know and that kind of drives his will to uh be the best fighter that he can be and so uh, in a lot of situations he's called upon to be a leader but whenever a challenge comes he's always trying to test himself and everything like that and i just think that those are traits that I that that I try to have and a lot of my story is the same way you know sometimes when it came to this wrestling promotion in Odessa I was called upon to be a leader but at the same time you're when you're a leader you got to lead by example and that's something I try to do so like I'm always training or always trying to show guys how to do things or always trying to you know set the example you know what if before I tell you to do something then I want to be able to say I can do it or I've done it myself. So and that's kind of, you know, how I carry myself on Facebook. A lot of my posts are like that. And, you know, that's just kind of a tenant that I live by. So I feel like me and him have a similar code in that way, you know, and I guess there are a bunch of other characters like that. I get in a sense, but that was the first character that came to mind when you asked me that. Yeah, and he got his ass kicked by Ralph in TMNT, the animated one. Woo! Hey, was it but that before you said that, <laughs> didn't you say something? Somebody was better than the one he said. No, I say Ralph. Raphael is better. better. Yeah. Okay, that's what you said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he beats his fucking ass. Uh, <laughs> he let him. Nah, Leo let him, man. Leo, Leo could have no, beat him, no, but he, he spared Leo him. had no choice. <laughs> spared him. Leo spared him. Leo had no choice. All I know is when it comes to the movies, we have documented proof that Raphael's better than Leonardo. That's all I'm saying. But you're, So you're just not going to count all the other countless times Leo whooped his ass. Okay, whatever. In the movies? In what movie? <laughs> But no, I'm talking about all the other times, Name the, the movie. cartoons, the comics. Name the, the movie. No. But you're, see, you're bringing all this other stuff. I asked, I asked about movies. <laughs> <laughs> you can all die, no count. Okay, I got you. I got you. Hey, that's all, all I asked, Justin. We have cinematic documented proof <laughs> that Raphael can beat up Leonardo. That's all I'm saying. Oh, boy. I was just watching a documentary called TMNT, and Raphael beat his ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. Uh, I hate this guy. We are an interesting mix of people so with our spirit animals. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, we can go on to, I guess, fan questions now. Yeah, drop the fan questions. All right. I will drop the fan questions. Uh, thanks to everybody who did submit questions. We do appreciate that. Um, so... Question that we got from John Garcia, which is kind of a two-parter question, really. Um, he asked, what do you guys think about the possible loss of the traditional movie-going experience in the near future? And then he said, another question concerning that is, when I watch movies at home, I consciously put my phone far away so I'm, tempted to, so I'm not tempted to look at it. Personally, it seems movie theater etiquette is really bad these days with people acting like the theater is their living room. Do you see this being a bigger problem when and if we return to the theaters? Figured that'd be a good two, like doing both in one would be kind of good. So yeah, thanks, John, for those questions. Anyone want to start? Um, No, with that, I think as far as the movie going experience and all this other stuff, I think we really, 
tackled a lot of that in our streaming wars episode mm-hmm. yeah um because that was one of the big things we talked yeah, about with we that. did yeah and i and as far as that goes i mean there'd have to be a huge drastic shift in movie budgets for that to be even financially possible you know mm-hmm. i mean when you've got these you know in game was 500 million dollars to make yeah and you, you can't get away doing that with $20 rentals at home. You need people going to a movie theater. Right. Um, because even Trolls World Tour, which did very well during this quarantine and all this other stuff, it still didn't do as well as it probably would have done in theaters. Yeah. You know? So it's theaters are a different beast. That's what makes these production companies money. Not selling. Like some of them can, yeah, can sell to Netflix and all this other stuff. but. I mean, yeah, these big budget movies, your Marvel movies, and just in general, movies in general need box office revenue. And so until we get a drastic change in a lot of that stuff, I, I don't think we're going to lose the movie going experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and as, as far as the, you know, movie going etiquette, I totally get that. Um, because, yeah, people are shit <laughs> at theaters and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's fucking 2020 and a motherfucker doesn't know how to put their ringtone on fucking mute. Yeah, that could be pretty get bad. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, how is that still a thing? Yeah, no, I get that. I mean, and that's, yeah, that's my thing too is like, I mean, I'm known to occasionally like I'll check my phone like for the time or if I see a text, like I'll see who it's from or something. But I tend to try to not, you know, really be on my phone or anything like that when I'm in a theater. Um so, yeah, I definitely see the issue with that. I, but to be honest, I just don't think that it is going to change. Like, um, I think it's pretty bad now, and I think it's going to just be as bad whenever we do get back to normal theater going, just because, yeah, they're going to be used to it. Because that's really cool that John is somebody who will put his phone away from him. I should probably do that more, but I don't, and I... Uh, unfortunately, I don't think that many people are making that decision to do that either, even though it is smart. But yeah, and I think because of that, and they're going to be so used to doing that because of watching movies at home all the time, it's going to be just as bad, if not worse, probably with just always on the phone, you know, always having a screen on and all that stuff. It's going to be the same, I think. Um, And yeah, like something similar that I've said before in the other podcast when we talked about this is I would be super sad if the movie going experience um, does get lost because that's like something I treasure. And, you know, I have so many good memories attached to it. It's something that I like to do for just for myself. Like when I have a day where I'm like, this is like my me time a lot of times that is going to a movie by myself and just kind of like decompressing and enjoying a movie. Um, You know, if someone wants to go with me, great. But like, sometimes I'll watch movies that other people are like, meh, I'm good. So I'll just go by myself. And I like that experience. And yeah, it's just, there's just something about it that like, I just really enjoy doing it still, even though it's convenient to have it from home all the time. I just enjoy having that experience of going out and going to a movie And I would just be kind of bummed out if that um, is lost. But I do think, yeah, I I just, I don't think it will be, but maybe that's just me being hopeful. But yeah, I I would be sad if that happened. No, I follow a similar sentiment to you guys. Um, It it would, 
it would be painful if the movie experience had to change or something to where we could only access through streaming or, you know, you can't really go to the movie theater because that's just one of the most fun things to do. That's one of the things that I love to do is, you know, my friends and I, we would go and we would, uh, the, I can't wait to get some popcorn and sit down and watch the movie. And uh, and I get where you're coming from with the phones and everything like that, too. And it's interesting because now uh, whenever your phone knows that you're going to be at the movie theater, like, you know, I have all those apps and awards programs and stuff like that. So when it knows I'm in the theater, it will ask me now, hey, the movie's about to start. Do you want to put your phone on silent and stuff like that. And I thought that was cool. That's helpful. You know, that kind of helpful reminder that, hey, uh, put your phone on silent and everything like that. And but but yeah, I get what he's saying. Like, it's just hard to not be distracted by the phone and to have to put it away. I I find that depending on the time of day, that I'm watching a movie, it's easier than other times. If I'm watching a midnight show or something where most people are asleep and most activities are not happening, it's it always seems like I hardly ever get disturbed. But yeah, it's tough to not see who's texting you or got to make sure it's not an emergency or if somebody calls you like, oh man, could it be if it's a parent? Oh, could it be? Are they having an emergency? Let me check. You know, that's that, that'll always be kind of a thing. And like you said, Heather, I just don't see that going away with phones. I just don't know how you really get rid of that problem because everybody's kind of going to do it. But if I, if I could say anything about it, just at least be more courteous. Like whenever I'm checking my phone, I always try to block it or do it way down low or, you know, like most seats kind of have those tables. So I'll kind of dip it under the table and kind of keep my hand over it and look, you know, I try to, I cut the brightness on my phone off. Like I try to be as <laughs> non-distracting as I possibly can when I do that. So, you know, if, if I could ask anything, just uh, try to be as courteous about it as you can. And if your phone rings, don't sit there and have a phone conversation, leave, you know, go to the side and say, <laughs> Hey, you know, but don't sit there and have a phone conversation. And, and some people just don't know. And also, if you call someone and they say they're in the movie theater, make it quick because that's on YouTube. Don't sit there and still continue to have a conversation as if they didn't just tell you you were at the movie theater. You know what I mean? Because that happens a lot too. a guy will go, hey, I'm watching a movie. And then he's going, uh-huh. Uh-huh, 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 right. uh-huh. And I'm like, why is the person on the other line continuing to talk? You know you have to be quiet. <laughs> so just be courteous, you know what I mean? But, but yeah, uh, I get what John is saying. It is a real issue, but shoot, what are you going to do about that one? Although I think the only exception was, I think all of us at one point during Cats, when we were watching, we had to text everybody to be like, it's so bad, like 20 seconds in and I hate my life. <laughs> I think at oh, some yeah. point all of us did that. And then we were like, yeah, this is going to be a long movie. <laughs> but yeah. Well, well, in my defense, there was only two other people in the theater and they were giving zero fucks about the movie. 
So correct. I wasn't being an asshole in my movie. I was in the back row where I normally am. No one was around me. Well, they were in the, you know, but like they were laying sideways and like they were on their phone, you know, they were doing all their shit, you know? So like they gave no fucks. If I look at my phone and go, this movie sucks. Yeah. Same for me. I think there was maybe one or two other people in my theater and they, nobody cared. <laughs> Yeah, man, I think I was in there by myself. I couldn't pay anybody to come <laughs> with me to watch that. So, yeah, that was one I did alone. And I think I was raising hell the whole time, texting y'all and stuff constantly because, yeah, I was the only guy in there. When you know that you're not going to disrupt, then, you know, it's more likely to happen. But um, OK, you guys ready for the next question? Yes. All right. Yes. So we got one from Tucker Mitchell, which says, what is your take on the decline of comedy as a genre? In the 2000s, they were everywhere, but now they're more, they're more few and far between outside kids movies. And most films now that are considered comedy are more dramas with comedic moments sprinkled in, like King of Staten Island. Is it, um, is it tastes have become more complex? Uh, that a healthy balance of both makes for a more relatable narrative, easier to connect to, or were majority of those 2000s comedies not very good to begin with and lived off dude bros, quoting them like Anchorman? It's a good question. Uh, I say what he said at the end. Like a lot of those comedies in the 2000s shit like that were fucking garbage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like they weren't good. <laughs> Some of them were decent I, or they were okay. But I can't be like, oh, this is the most hilarious, at least not 2000s ones. Yeah, no, I mean, I think part of it is, too, is look at something like Netflix. There's a lot of comedy movies on Netflix that they're making. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they released Lovebirds. There's that one with what's her name? Ali Wong. Yeah. Uh, and Keanu Reeves. And, Always be my maybe. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, they're out there. They're just now spread out, you know. And I think maybe that's the thing is they're also on Netflix. They're on Hulu. They're Amazon. They're all over the place now. I think they're out there. It's just they're, they're not all going to movie theaters anymore. Yeah. I mean, because that's a real easy way for like Netflix to bump up how much original content they are because comedies aren't expensive. Yeah. So it's real easy for them to just do $40 million, make a comedy and just throw it on Netflix. Yeah. I mean, I get his point about, um, you know, it seems like some of them are um, dramas with comedic moments. I do. I do see that a lot more now, too. I do get that. Um, for me, I feel like that's just more of they're trying to make something different because the ones with like the dude bros quoting them all the time, it got played out. You know, it got old. And I think that's why most of them weren't funny, because it was like they were all trying to do it at the same time. And it got tired. And at least for me, that's what I think about them. And so I think they're trying to do a more creative type of funny now. And sometimes that is, oh, normal life kind of sucks, but it can be funny. So we're going to make it a funny, you know, a funny thing mixed in with it. And I actually like those more. I feel like they're more relatable. So I think, I think that that is just, yeah, that's them trying to be more creative with their type of humor and how they're doing funny movies. And I do think that at least in the past maybe five, 10 years, um, that they've been better than they were in like the early 2000s for the most part. So yeah, I, I understand what he means by that. 
Uh, yeah, for me, I mean, th that was a very good question. When I read it, I was like, huh, it's not anything that I really thought about. But he does have a point that that um, that when it comes to just theater releases, you really just don't have those big comedies that come out and just make hundreds of millions of dollars and just like like he's right that normally it's mixed with something like it's an action comedy and you've got like the rock and kevin hart like in a central intelligence or something like that or you know something like jumanji where you've got some funny people but they're kind of that's a side item to all these other action set pieces and stuff like that but he's right just as far as like these big comedy movies or these comedians releasing these just a movie that is just pure comedy and they and they're coming out and being a big success and making all this money that's true you don't see that as much and these kind of quotable comedy films, you you don't see a lot of that as much. And I do think that that might have something to do with maybe, and I can't chart it because comedy's not really a genre that I, I mean, I definitely watch them. Uh, if, if I hear something good about them, I'll watch them, but it's not like my genre. It's not one that I'm like really fishing for. So maybe I don't know this, but I wonder if there was sort of a downward trend, like a couple of comedies came out, didn't make any money and it made people kind of reevaluate. Okay. What can we do? And kind of like what Sterling is saying, comedies are inexpensive. So it seems to be, so the strategy seems to be, well, we can make these for, cheap and we can release them on these social media platforms and all these streaming platforms and we can just do a better job with that you know and I guess the comedians or whoever these com comedy people are they probably stand to make a little bit more money in the deal that way too so I don't know I think maybe something has happened to the appeal of those movies because in the midst of all these movies coming out and all of these remakes why hasn't there been an anchorman remake or uh you know like all the, the talladega nights like you don't see remakes of those films either you know so I, I do think maybe there's something to that maybe they have been labeled as not lucrative for that particular market as far as a big release movie. And who knows, maybe your comic book movies had something to do with that. Or maybe it's just that, you know, now the, it's not as lucrative of a genre as it used to be. And I think there is something to that. And even like your, you like, who are your main comedy people right now? Like other than Kevin Hart. Uh, and The Rock. <laughs> I know, right? Like, who are your main, you know, it just seemed like it was more of them in bigger spots back then. Like you had Steve Carell and Will Ferrell. And it just seemed like you had all these people at the same time, like Adam Sandler. Like you just had all of these people at the same time and Bernie Mac and Chris Rock. They were all just kind of shining in all of these movies. And now it kind of feels like even though those people are still there, it doesn't feel like they carry the significance that they used to. So something definitely has happened but but with that justin 
All the, a lot of those people you just named, where are they at right now? They're on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Sandler signed a deal with Netflix. Yeah. The newest Will Ferrell movie literally came out today on Netflix. Oh, okay. So that's so they are just over there. Okay. Maybe part of it is with, you know, since they are cheaper to produce and all this other stuff. And comedies are here or miss because if people don't find it funny, they don't see it and it wastes a lot of money and they lose money. That's why I'm saying that they're putting them on Netflix because what's the easy thing to do? You make a movie for $20 million, you sell it to Netflix for 40 bam, you made your money back, you're good. And then it can go to Netflix, it can be successful or not. You're not losing money yeah. on Netflix deals. Netflix might be, which we've already talked about their financial like garbage, they are. <laughs> but movie studios aren't. They're not losing money on comedies right now because they're sending them to Netflix. You know what I mean? They're sending yeah. them there. The, like... These streaming sites are paying them up front. They're making their profit. They're good to go. Bam, done. Netflix gets to pay for marketing. Yeah. yeah. So it's just the smarter strategy right now. And that's why you're not seeing the the big releases like you used to. Yeah. I mean, that that, that makes the most yeah, sense they're to there. me. Yeah. And if I'm being honest, for me, at least, I feel like TV shows for me are the things that I find funnier when it comes to comedy. I feel like TV shows, it's easier for it to be funny because you have more time to space things out and you have more time to build up like um, getting to know characters and why certain things they do are so funny and building the relationships between them that makes the relationships funny and things like that. And that's why I feel like I have better luck finding a show that I'm going to find funny than a movie because they're more careful with it. They can be more detailed about it because they have a whole, you know, show that they have time to do these like funny things with. So for me, I just think in general, it's easier to do a show that's funny than it is a movie. No, I can see that too. Yeah. But anything else on that um, question, guys? We're good on that one. No, I think I said my piece. All right. Um, okay. So the next question uh, was sent to us from Paul Stevens. And this one's going to be one I, I probably won't be able to speak much to. But he asks, what do you think of possible Felicia Hardy and Gwen Stacy Easter eggs in Avengers Endgame in the end scene when Peter Parker goes back to school? All right, for me, I get what he's saying with it. And he did give some examples, but um, I did not, I don't have those on me. I don't know if you remember what the examples were, Sterling. Well, no, but I'm, I'm just saying, I remember seeing it and all this other stuff. But it, it, it's a weird divide. Like, it's cool and all, whatever, but it could not be them too. Just for the sheer fact that it's a Marvel movie, not a Sony movie. Mm. Marvel gets to use the characters that Sony owns when Sony lets them. Sony can use Felicia Hardy. Sony can use Gwen Stacy whenever the fuck they want. Marvel can only directly use them when Sony says, hey, yeah, that's fine. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it could be that. And they could say, quote unquote, it's that. But they can't actually directly say, yes, that is Gwen Stacy. That's Felicia Hardy. They can't actually do that because that was a Marvel movie that did that. And on top of that, you know, they were kind of background characters anywhere in that scene. So if Sony wanted to introduce them in the movies anyway, they're going to cast whoever the fuck they want anyway. So, yeah, yeah it might be cool as like a little Easter egg or something like that. But that itself directly won't point in any direction of whether or not the characters will even show up or if that's even who they are. It might be an Easter egg. So visually you get that idea, but they can't ever definitively say that's who it is. Marvel can't. You know, Tom Holland can. You know what I mean? Tom Holland can, <laughs> but Marvel can't yeah. say it. 
No, that that makes a lot of sense. And and yeah, I went back and watched because I didn't even notice that until he brought it up. So I yeah, went back on my yeah Disney Plus and watched the scene. And I get what he's saying because you do see this uh, this blonde girl walk by and she's got the spider web. Uh, dress on and I went ah okay okay I see what you're saying with that but it just didn't feel like much of anything to me either though so I kind of see where Sterling's coming from like I don't think they were implying like even if that was an Easter egg it it does not feel like they were implying that we're going to introduce those characters or yes those characters are here in this universe so even though Peter is uh, crushing on Zendaya, um, a, a version of NJ. You still got to have Felicia and all of them in here. You know, I don't I don't think that was the message that they sent with that. So even if it is an Easter egg, I think it's only isolated to that scene. And it's not anything that I foresee them expounded on and see i didn't and that's the vibe i got and i didn't know about the whole sony thing i didn't realize they were characters that sony had to give permission on so that kind of compounds that but yeah i didn't get the sense that we're gonna see any more of that yeah yeah i agree with that yeah good fine though um all right next question there are just a couple more um matt scott sent in one that says you've been given the reins of a remake of the warriors do you cast a bunch of unknown actors or do you cast some known stars if you do who and do you change any of the original story or modernize it this one i'm also i i've unfortunately not seen this so i can't speak to it Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. I watched that movie probably 20 years ago. Yeah. And at the time, that movie didn't make me want to watch it again. And I, it could be one of those things. I could watch it tomorrow and be like, oh, this movie's fucking fantastic. You know, I need, I, I slept on it for too long. But at the time, it didn't make me want to rewatch it. And so I don't really remember the Warriors that well outside of the whole line that everybody knows about Warriors come out to play. That's it. That's the only aspect of the Warriors I remember. So. To answer his question, I'm going to cast a bunch of unknowns because I don't know what the fuck I'm casting. <laughs> so I feel like unknowns would fit that better. And um, as far as changing stuff, um, I'll change the bad things and make them good. <laughs> I know that's a very shitty answer, Matt, and I'm sorry. I just I don't remember that movie. And maybe the, that's more reason for us to maybe do an episode on Warriors and yeah, watch it and do all that that's stuff. That's what I was thinking, like maybe a future one where we can um, actually yeah. discuss this. That's a good idea. Yeah. Jason? Uh, yeah, I'm in a similar boat with Sterling. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. I don't remember hating it, but I don't remember loving it either. And so it's just kind of <laughs> it was just kind of one of those that sit in there. I know it. I know it when I see it. If I saw a picture of the Warriors or whatever that that poster is iconic with the guy with the no shirt and vest kind of standing there with the headband and everything. That's an iconic movie poster, but 
I I just don't remember the characters well enough. I don't remember who was who uh, or what they were about or what they stood for to cast them. I, I wouldn't know who. Get, so, yeah, we would have to watch this and then I could give it some thought and really like bring some insight to his question. But as far as if I were making it today, would I modernize it? I think you would have to because weren't they just kind of like a street gang? Or something like that, and they were walking around, and there was like, yeah, I don't, yeah, remember. and there was like, I remember it was some gangs. I don't remember if it was supposed to be at the time or if it was in a dystopian future. I do not remember that movie that well at yeah, all. Yeah, me neither. So I can't, I can't speak for that. But yeah, we would have to do it and then just uh, provide it there. But yeah, I would definitely modernize it, and if it's about street gangs or something like that then or or if it is a dystopian like you were saying then yeah i would try to implement some things that could happen uh today and like just some of the equipment they would have what they were trying to do to survive you know you would have to change a lot of those elements i imagine all right uh next question is from joel chavez is that how you say it joel yes um He's a good friend of ours. He always sends good questions to us. Um, his question is, so he says, Chinese theaters are releasing Avengers, Avatar, and Inception now as their opening. What movies would you love to watch in a theater again? Good question. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, and Starship Troopers. <laughs> all the ones that you just watch all the time anyway. Yes. And I have seen Ghostbusters in the theater. Um, because they've done like the, you know, the like, oh, 30th oh, yeah. you know, anniversary and stuff like that. I have seen it then. Um, and technically one, uh, one of the earliest memories I have of the movie theater was Ghostbusters 2. Um, mm. but I didn't see Starship Troopers in the theater. So mm. I want to see that in theater. I want to see all of them in theater again. <laughs> I mean, I think for me, uh, he mentioned Avengers. I'm assuming he means like the later ones, but the original Avengers, I would love to see in theaters again. Cause again, like, that... oh, no, no, I think they are talking about the original. Oh, Avengers. perfect. That's actually, yeah, I would choose that because, um, that's like the first movie that got me into the Marvel universe. And just, I remember, what a fun experience it was watching that movie in theaters and like my whole row of friends and us just like cheering and like really enjoying it. So I would like to see that again in theaters. Cool. Um, for me, I, the, the, the first thing that I think about with this is, okay, what, what could take advantage of the, the sound? Like what would I enjoy from back then that could really benefit from like, just the immersive experience that the theater is now. So I thought about a couple of movies and one uh, definitely would be the first alien movie. Like, I think that would be really cool in a theater because, you know, you've just got just everything with the tension building. Uh, There was a lot of use of sound with, you know, you could hear the aliens lurking or walking somewhere in the corridors and then they but the characters couldn't see them. And there's a lot of like tension building with making you hear sounds and then suddenly there's silence and stuff like that. I just think that movies that operate like that would definitely be able to make use of the sound systems and things like that that we have now with that being said descent would be another cool one to see uh um see i like yeah. that i got to see that in theaters. yeah, yeah. I, I think that one would be another great one too 
watch again in the movie theater. So yeah, those would definitely be some of my top two choices. One I would like to see that I'm curious to see what Jasmine would think because I got to only see it on home, but would be the 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 first raid movie. Oh, I would love to see ooh, that theater. That would be awesome. I just think that'd be just so cool to see like huge as fuck in a dark theater. Yeah. All right. Anything else on that one? Okay. Um. No, I guess that's it. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> All right. We have our final question of the night. Uh, which is from Amy Blaze, who we all know. Um, she also has a really funny and cool podcast of her own, if you want to check it out. Um, her question is just a real general, why are you the way you are? <laughs> Sterling, you want to take this one? <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you guys answer first. Why are you yes, the way you are? I will let you guys answer first. All right, Justin, you go ahead on that one. <laughs> why am I the way I am? Uh, it's that philosophical question. You know what I mean? Well, I like the way that <laughs> or not. It's uh, whatever you want it to be. <laughs> I like the way that Papa said it. I am what I am. So there you go. <laughs> That's my answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you the way you are? Um, <laughs> my answer is going to be it's a combination of uh, I think my surroundings. Um, I feel like a lot of who I am is because of the people I surround myself with. And a lot of it is uh, my faith is what makes me who I am. And um, my nerd love for movies has kind of really made me who I am personality wise too. So that's what I'm going to go with. All right. First and foremost, uh, Amy is my uh, soon to be ex-wife and the podcast she does is the happy corner podcast, which I also do produce that too. So check that out. Um, all right. I was really kind of debating on how I would answer this question. Would I give like kind of a joke answer or whatever, like a typical Sterling, like and because I fucking am like or whatever. Or like, would I want to do like a serious kind of breakdown answer? And I'm still debating it literally as I'm talking this out right now. And that is kind of why I'm stalling and making this sentence longer than it needs to be. Mm. Um, I mean, I guess, you know what? Let's let's say fuck it. Let's go for a super real, uh, raw, vulnerable answer. That, I mean, might be crazy for me to fucking say on this podcast, but fuck it. Why the fuck not? It is episode 100. This is the last question. Let's go for broke here. Um, So I am the way I am, which is a very uh, cynical and dry person when it comes to a lot of stuff. And a lot of that has to do with the fact when I was uh, a small child, I was um, molested by a, a member of my family. And, you know, after the whole like legal business of that uh, happened which he got probation because you know our justice system's awesome um my family's way of treating it was just to ignore that it happened at that point so i kind of internalized a lot of stuff with that and kind of isolated myself with a lot of stuff like that and then you know when i was older in my life i come to find out that essentially for all my life um my mom had lied to me about who my father was so then there were some other issues that had come about because of that and i don't talk to some members of my family because of that um so it kind of goes to what, uh, you know, Heather was talking about earlier. Whenever, like, I hate something, I tend to fuel the fire with it. And then I, well, I added on to that with that. And that's very true because of a lot of these things. And and so, like, I had weird family issues growing up because of, like I said, my mom lying to me and then all this other stuff. And so I kind of just became this very robotic, emotionless person that, like, kind of fuels myself in hate in a lot of ways. and. 
So when it comes to movies and stuff like that, that's why I said, like, I don't tend to soften on things over time. I really do just in all aspects of my life. If it's something I hate, I tend to grow with that hate. Like the hate only grows. I very rarely ever, you know, time heals all wounds type of shit. I don't really ever feel that. Um, Time tends to make me more angry at things. Uh, So, yes, like if you ask me like six years from now, Joker will probably be the detriment of society. It was such a bad movie. (laughs) Um, it, It really is like that type of thing with me. Uh, and I know we've joked about it and all this other stuff, but that really is like a lot of, uh, who I am. And it really makes up a lot of, uh, why I am the way I am, especially when it comes to movies and stuff like that. And that's why certain things when they're broached in movies, when it comes to like mental health and stuff like that, uh, do trigger me in different ways. Like when it came to the Joker, what that complete miss of the mark with all that stuff. And just with a lot of the culture, with some of these things, that is kind of why. I tend to be very unapologetically not giving a fuck when some of these things happen. Um, I think a lot of this is also kind of what goes to earlier with the whole me not really getting embarrassed with things and stuff like that. It's it's I've, I've just be kind of become a very I don't want to say protected person, but I've developed a really thick skin. So it really kind of takes a lot to really kind of push me certain ways. And it's like when we do talk about in a movie, if I do talk about like an emotional response and stuff like that, I know that like it always comes off as like a joke when somebody like Jasmine or something like that. So it's like, oh, that's a big deal. And really, because it actually is like it's very hard for me to get like authentic human, like emotional responses to movies and TV and stuff like that. And there are a few times that stuff like that has hit me. And uh, typically it has to do with a lot of it ends up always having to do with a family issue or something like that. Like there's. Uh, two episodes of Modern Family um, where they, you know, it's a very serious like family thing. And like the parents like accepting the child for how they are for whatever reason. in when the child shows an aspect of what I showed at that time in my life and then the parents accept them, that really always hits me very hard. Um, and say like the, the scene in Moana where the grandmother dies and the grandmother was the one pushing, you know, Moana to be herself. Uh, regardless of what her parents wanted and stuff like that, that really hit me because I had a very close relationship with my grandmother uh, who died when I was young. So like that kind of shaped me with some of that stuff. Uh, Yeah. And I think that's one reason why I search for like solace and like rom-coms and stuff like that, where, you know, the idea of love and like, I love the idea of love and I love love, but it's not always an emotion that I'm really capable of really doing a lot of in my own life. And so that's why I, I searched that out in movies. Uh, that is one thing I do love about movies and stuff like that is what a lot of people call like an escapist element to it all. And I do that myself with movies. And I know what a lot of people don't think I do because I will nitpick a movie when they're like, oh, just forget about it. Like, it's just a movie, like just escape and flow with it. If I can't do that, that's because the movie's not allowing me to do that. And that's all I want. I always just want to do that. You know, that's why I love watching rom-coms and stuff like that, because the ideas of love and all this other stuff that they're trying to promote and stuff like that are things I'm searching for in my life and within myself and stuff like that. So that's why I really kind of go towards those things. And I guarantee when she asked this question, she was not expecting anything like all this with these fucking answers from me and all this other stuff. But I said, fuck it. That's it. That's my answer to that question of why I am the way I am. Well, I think you definitely gave the uh, best answer of the night. 
So that was good. And it also is definitely validated that uh, Lakeith Stanfield should play you in a movie of your life. And that would be See, an awesome movie. Lakeith Stanfield would knock that out of the fucking park. Yeah. He would definitely be really good at all of those emotions. I want to see Lakeith Stanfield play a little 10-year-old me. <laughs> right? That's what I really want with, like, my blonde hair and shit. <laughs> yes. Man, now I feel like I should have an- actually answered the question. I didn't know you were going to do all that. Same. But I'm not following that, so. <laughs> well, like I said, I was debating it up until the point of when I actually did the answer. Um and I don't know, it's, it's like I said, it's the 100th episode, it's all this shit. And I'm like, you know what, fuck it, why not? Let's, let's go for broke. If we're going to go for broke at any point, we might as well do it now. I, and so I did. If I had known, like, that's my jam, is like getting deep and profound and stuff, man, I would have given a better answer. But yours was, like, on the nose amazing, so I can't follow it either. Thanks for that lowdown of the life of Sterling, a.k.a. Lakeith Stanfield. And then how you end up being semi drunk and smoking a ton of cigarettes on a podcast. That's where that life in like leads you. And this is, is where we are. <laughs> ton of movies and drinking and smoking with a bunch of cats. That's that's where this life leads you. Well, there you go. Anything else, guys, on this episode? I think we got no. basically everything we can think of. I'm good. I think before editing, this is our longest episode yet, which we kind of figured yeah. it would be. Yeah. So. On that note, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of the Simuslayers podcast. I'm not saying the full outro because this is long as fuck as it is. Thank you for being with us for 100 episodes. I hope you're with us for 100 more episodes. And just remember, as always, according to Justin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner. Zero, zero, one hundred, count them, one hundred episodes. And here's to a hundred more. <laughs> Why did you sound slightly sinister about that? <laughs> like with the whole, and here's to a hundred more. Like you're Dracula about to bite someone's <laughs> neck. It felt right.